Hello and welcome to We Are Doomed, a Sakura Rangers podcast. We are where we focus on conventions, cosplay, and nerdum in general. Who are we? Well, I'm Tyler. I'm the Black Ranger. I'm Cole. I'm the Green Ranger. And I'm Robert. I'm the Red Ranger. And, and filling in our for oh, I, mean, I guess I am I not saying that. Hi, I'm Ebs. I'm I've lost things. Uh, I'm filling in the fourth chair guest. Apparently, she does it herself. Okay. Yeah, you you know it. Welcome wow. back, Ebs, for your second appearance on our podcast. Thanks. It's because I know how things roll around here. That's why I did it. Oh, okay. Then I guess you can just go and conduct the business from here on. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, we're done. Conventions. <laughs> Take over. Do do your thing. <laughs> So, once upon a time. <laughs> Go on. Doesn't sound like an upcoming convention segment. Um, just as a quick reminder, Ebbs was our first guest back a couple weeks ago. Um, back a decade ago. Yeah, I, back a decade ago. She does. Well, you're, you're on hiatus at the moment, right? I'm on major hiatus at the moment. Um, yeah. I do Let's Plays. And uh, thinking because of all of the YouTube shenanigans going on, might might move to a different platform like Twitch. Might be a good idea, considering yeah. <laughs> how, how goofy they are. They're trying to fix it, but we'll have to see until that's actually fixed. Yeah. Anyways, um, let's move on. Since we don't have to introduce you in, in, in full long form fashion this, this time, we can move straight on to upcoming conventions. Sweet. So this week, uh, for this weekend, we have, let's see here, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 13, 14 different anime conventions this weekend. Busy so weekend. Try, yeah, very busy weekend. Actually, it's uh, with two of them are canceled, so there are only 12, but I will go through them anyway. Um, that, of course, once again, this does not include any other, like, just uh, comic book conventions or anything like that. The list that I'm looking at is just solely anime conventions. Um, and of course, if I should probably start finding a list of those other ones as well. But anyway, starting off, we have um, AgmaCon in Icon SC. Is that the states as well? South Carolina. South Carolina. Thank you. <laughs> um, we have a cancel. Uh, we had Anna Blaze, which is canceled, which was supposed to be held Blaze. in Atlanta, in Atlanta, Georgia. Blaze. Yeah. Um, there was Generic Con in Troy, New York. That sounds really disappointing. Yeah. Generic Con. <laughs> That's yeah, my the... favorite type of convention, the generic kinds. Uh, there is Kaizoku Con in Cork, Ireland. Dude, I want to go there. Apparently somebody wants to shake the champagne. Pop that cork. <laughs> uh, Minami Con in Southampton, UK. Omni Expo in Orlando, Florida. WTH Con. What the heck? Yeah, what the heck? With what the hell is that? Mark and question mark con. <laughs> what, what the, the hell con? That? What the hell con in Greensboro, New, um, North Carolina? I'll go there. Fubuki Con in Amherst, New York. Ooh. That doesn't sound safe. Yeah, Fubuki. Um, it's only a one day con too at the student center, <laughs> Damon College. Oh, that uh, sounds really unsafe. <laughs> um, Haramusuri in Burnaby, New York. No, not Burnaby, BC. Sorry. Um, Kinda Con Artist Expo from Woodland Park, New Jersey. 
which is interesting because the address for it is uh, American Legion Post number 238. Um, then there was uh, Magic Con, that which was canceled, which was going to be held in Huddersfield, UK. Armageddon, dot, Armageddon, Maku, Manukui in Manukui, New, New Zealand. Conjure in Orlando, Florida. And Jacksonville Anime Day in Jacksonville, Florida. Now, is it just a day or is it a weekend? It's a day. Wow, Florida finally got something right. Yeah, it's March 6th. Actually, a lot of these are all, um, there's a bunch of these that are actually only single day cons. Fascinating. Like Fubuki Con is a single day. Hatsumari Suri is one day. Kinda Con Artist Expo is one day. Yeah, a good portion of these are all one day. Even the one canceled one was for a day as well. But anyway, that is our the convention, the anime conventions that are going on this week. If you are attending any of those conventions, um, have fun, be safe, and hopefully, Don't do drugs. and 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 make sure you guys all have a uh, and make sure you have fun. Yeah, exactly. Don't do blow. Don't do blow. Don't do blow. Or hookers. Uh, you can. Mm. Moving on to the evening subject. But if you do, you do them together. Oh, God. Exactly. Can't have one without the other. Nope. I knew I should have put a fucking block on you guys. Um, <laughs> anyway, moving on to the evening subject. Um, Robert. All right. So kind of uh, kind of going and jumping the gun here, but uh, just got some news yesterday. Uh, I've got a panel that just got approved, actually, for SakuraCon. So I thought... What a great thing to go and talk about since we focus on convention culture on our evening subjects. Convention panels, what have you been involved in? What do they add to the conventions? And I guess the ultimate question of what kind of panels do you guys look forward to at these conventions, if any? Because I know there are some people that just hang around the dealer's hall for three days straight. Um, I guess, I mean, I don't really, I haven't gone to panels really at sock and whatnot um or really anywhere that much except the who's line ones that oh yeah those ones are funny um oh yeah i always want to be up there with them but i'm not part of an improv group so (laughs) um dane yeah dude fucking dane he's the coolest anyways (laughs) um but i guess those ones are cool. Some of the fandom-based ones sound cool. Where just anything comedy-centric, I guess, for me. It's my two cents on it. <laughs> no, I I kind of agree with that. Like going to cons, I've never been one to go see people or anything. Like you have those meet and greets, and they like talk about guest stars. Like I don't really go there for that, or going to like I just kind of go there because I want to cosplay. So I get my cosplay, make it, do my things, and just kind of walk around and do things because like i don't know most most panels like there are good ones like that where they're like who's line which are really funny or if they're like a guest star talking getting questions asked questions and those are always good because you get some interesting stories definitely but other than that i don't really not really a fan of like any of the fandom ones or anything like that because like i go to them and it's just kind of um, I don't know. I kind of find it them boring, I guess. 
Yeah. yeah um, first year that we went to con- to SoccerCon, remember, Robert, uh, Tyler, we kind of tried to go to like a few panels. Yeah. But we, we like, I think we went to like, what did we go to? We went to. Um, we went to Anime Hunters. Yeah, we went to Anime Hunters, which is Dane. Uh, yeah, which we didn't know later. Dane at about that. It was funny because no. I'm like, I'm sure I recognize this guy from somewhere. Holy shit, we saw, we saw a battle with him. Uh, we were talking about Anna Hunters later, and it was like they made a new video, and I watched it. I was like, I fucking seen this before somewhere. Where, where the hell did I see this? And I was like, I saw this at a panel at Con. <laughs> so um, that was weird. That was another serendipitous thing that keeps. Yeah, happening. but yeah, we watched that. But also, we also watched something. I think we were talking about makeup and photography. We went to a photography one. Remember? Oh yeah, and it was talking about it was like the do's and don'ts of cosplay photography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was like it like it was like the general stuff. Like if you're gonna take a picture, make sure your badge is out of view. Um, like just general stuff like that. Um, make like lighting and stuff like that. And also like if you if you can do it well, go ahead. But I can't remember like some of the other rules. I remember one of them was talking about how. I was like, don't be creepy if you're trying to do crossplay. Yeah. <laughs> Taping your boobs to your armpits and stuff like that. Dude, if, hell if yeah. you're a girl. Yeah, just you take some boobs and you just I remember take boob they, into your armpit and then you're a guy. The main reason I remember that particular question is because there was, it was like, because he all of a sudden pointed out, I was like, see, if you can look, if you're able to get like your costume that good, and he pointed at this girl in the audience. And the girl stand up and it was a, and started talking, and I realized it was a dude. <laughs> in a, I think it was like a Sailor Moon costume or something, but awesome. you couldn't tell until he opened his mouth. No drag. If you can do drag right, it's great. Totally. And if you can wear those heels, I can't, and I am a girl, so fucking kudos and props to you. So, and I'm also very jealous. <laughs> I was going to say, and you. <laughs> Secretly want to go and steal their essence and make yourself capable of doing <laughs> just, that. She right? just wants to steal <laughs> the talent much. to walk in heels. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm getting better. <laughs> just need Still practice. Could die, but <laughs> just know. don't try going up a set of stairs. I've done that in stilettos. Oh, <laughs> you're saying oh. <laughs> no, but if you're saying that you that you can that you're still almost dead, I can I can I can understand. I'm always dead inside. Hmm. But anyways, um, go on. So yeah, but I haven't really gone to too many panels. Like mm-hmm. the only other panels that I personally have gone is like I've been to VidCon, which is the YouTube convention that takes part in down in LA. And I did go to a bunch of panels. It was more like Q and A panels or ta- stuff like that, and asking questions and everything like that. So it, I don't know if it wouldn't wasn't really the same as like. I don't know, like some like an information style panel or anything like that or comedy or anything. But it still was fun. It was enjoyable to take part in. Well, I mean, that that kind of covers it, though, because there are so many different types of conventions and panels are going to be different and have different types of content to different things. I guess this comes back to the question of did they add to your experience? And it certainly totally. sounds like they did in your case. Oh, Totally. It also helps that that the people that you're talking to recognize you from when they were talking to you earlier at the bar. <laughs> that is cool. But yeah, I've, I've met Philip DeFranco more times than that in two years than most people. <laughs> nice. Anyway. I feel like it does depend on the type 
of panel and also the type of convention because for something like VidCon and whatnot, you could, and PAX even, you could mm-hmm. go to panels and like do meet and greets and like all of that. And if you wanted to, I guess, break out into that specific scene or whatever, for lack of a better term, um, mm-hmm. it would be, it's definitely uh, the networking and everything. Yeah, that's what VidCon turns into be a lot of be. It's a lot of networking mm-hmm. and getting to know people for collaborations and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But well, it's also but it's the exact but it's the exact same thing with other anime conventions like this. Hell, we met we met uh Robert through a con- a panel. Mm-hmm. And now we're best friends and we collaborate on a lot of different things now. So Yep. Is that technically like a panel? Ranges. It is technically a panel. It's convention run, but it's still listed as a panel. Wouldn't that mean more like an event? Yeah, you're talking about it's 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 both it's essentially both Hmm. yeah no but uh, that that is what conventions are for that's that's why you have all these conventions for like dentistry or 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 like doctors or something like that it's to make networking so it's a bunch of people from all over get together in one single place and you network you meet people who are in have the same interests in you than you have yeah they love me those dentistry conventions that seems to be the most popular. One. You, what, you should have seen this tooth. <laughs> this lateral bicuspid. Oh my god! It was rotted to the core. I'm. I'm just gonna say this. Dentistry conventions are the bane of anybody that goes to Pax Prime or now Pax West because every four years it screws up the schedule. I bet. Um, yeah. Funny story. It's funny because all those guys have to go there if they want to keep their dentist license. I know, right? Uh, but in any case though um but yeah like what 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 about you um Ebs? what type of experience have you had with panels like have you been yeah you've been on like technically a one with us i suppose but. yeah yeah no um i actually the first time i ever started going to conventions and got thrown into the cosplay scene i got thrown into a panel pretty yeah. aggressively it she, was like something she was also she was also voluntold. Yeah, yeah. It was basically like, "Hey, you're you're geeky, you're nerdy. I have this thing coming up, uh, and we we had a couple people drop out. I'm like, sure, I want to impress you because I think you would be a cool friend. So that's how Jesse got me into cosplay and everything, and I haven't looked back ever looked back ever since. And it's how I started being Marluxia. But no, my experience with panels being in them has been pretty good so far. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as seeing them, I think one of my favorite panels I've ever gone to see was in Calgary for the Entertainment Expo up there. Um, mm. Yeah, they had, it was a couple of years ago and they had a bunch of the cast of The Hobbit there and they had a Lord of the Rings panel slash Hobbit panel, and they basically it they made it into a Who's Line panel with celebrities, and they were hilarious. Uh-huh. Yeah, we had Billy Boyd here recently. Dude, Billy Boyd's super cool. Oh, yeah. definitely, he was really cool. I never got to meet him, but he's super cool. Yeah, we had a couple friends that have met that got pictures and stuff with him. Uh, I'm so jealous. But that's been my 
my experience. It has, um, would I go to more panels? Probably. <laughs> but yeah, let's just leave it at probably. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's kind of, I, I think I do. I do it more. Like I, I'd be more willing to do panels now. Um, but like, uh, it's hard to pick and choose because mm-hmm. you, you can go to one. Like I remember going to one that was just like how to make props or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And all they talked about was very basic starting prop making stuff and like how to make cosplays. And I was just kind of That was our there. first one that we went to. That was you and me, right? Oh, uh, maybe one of them. I just remember being there. I'm like, this is, this is very boring. This is stuff I already know pretty heavy about. I think like, they I'll, meant, yeah. I wanted to like a more advanced, like maybe they had tips and tricks that I didn't know about, but then they're like, yeah, these are some tips and tricks that make things really easy. And I was like, wow, that's all kind of common sense stuff that you kind of figure out pretty quickly. So, yeah. So I was, I was just kind of like bored at that one. Mm-hmm. Those ones never seem to work out the way that people hope they will. Uh, I had a friend go to one maybe probably about a year and a half ago. I can't remember exactly when it was. And she went in looking for tips, trips, suggestions about armor building. And these people that were running the thing were like, bring in pictures of something that you want to go and make and we'll help you break down how to go and do it. And she brought in a picture of some destiny armor. And I swear to God, they spent, they spent like 35 minutes out of this hour long panel bickering with each other how to go and make this chest plate it's like it wasn't even to the crowd it was just them bickering between each other it was hilarious oh jeez, that sounds like oh it it was really entertaining but it wasn't what we were expecting i mean i knew it was going to be a disaster in the first place just because i knew the people that were running it but it's like oh i'm gonna enjoy this train wreck i really wanted popcorn but i couldn't find a microwave That's another question. How many panels have you guys gone to in which you only went because you knew the people? And it's oh, like, yeah. a, oh, hey, yeah, no, I'll support you. And at the beginning, though, like I don't think we've idea. ever had to do that, Tyler, because like literally um, when we first went to the cons, we didn't know anybody. Well, we've been, we've been to furry panels. Well, oh. yeah, <laughs> we went to one furry panel just because our friend was part was a uh, was helping out at it. Yeah. Okay. So, like, uh, I don't know, I'm not a furry or anything, but we got some friends that are, so we go to their cons, or to go to their, when they have panels, and check that stuff out. Yeah, it's like, yeah, build the room, I guess. Definitely. Well, the room was quite empty. (laughs) (laughs) I've done three or four of those situations, can't remember all of them off uh, off the top of my head. I got dragged into producing a panel once, and that was an absolute disaster. How so? Okay, so this friend of mine, he had this, and I do stand by this, was a really cool idea. He had this idea of doing a Tonight Show style panel uh, late night at the con. And the idea actually did get some pretty popular traction. There were a lot of people that showed up to the room and I had scripted out some stuff. I had worked out for some friends, cosplaying characters. We were kind of just basically lampooning the Tonight Show format and came up with some pretty good ideas. But the guy that I was working with, and he's a really nice dude. We're still friends to this day. He must have gotten like I hear a, a, a urinary tra- Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. He must have gotten like a urinary tract infection or something like that. <laughs> 
Because oh specific. my god, he was <laughs> he was running the bathroom like nobody's business, and he was gone for like twenty minutes at a time. It, it, after the third break with him going and running out, it was just like, sorry, everybody, the host is just. I'm not Sick. sure what's going on. Yeah, he's he's not well, so I'm I'm sorry, folks. Sorry to waste Would your you time. Just want to get like another host by then, though. <sighs> yeah, you probably could have. The biggest issue was so I had written up the script for him for the opening monologue and all the jokes, and he didn't bring anything. Like he'd actually forgotten all of his notes. <laughs> oh. oh God! <laughs> and of course, this was back before. We had services like Google Drive where I would have been able to just upload the information and pull it up, say, on my laptop or a phone or anything like that. Oh, uh, yeah. This stuff is just so great. I, I like Google Drive and stuff like that. Oh, this, like, this is wonderful. For this kind of thing, it is the best thing ever. Like, I put all my cosplay, like, photos and stuff where I'm, like, working on a project. I have a Dropbox. I just put it in there. So if I'm any if I'm somewhere where I need, like, the photos or some type of, like, outline or or something I'm working on, I can just go into my Dropbox, pull it out, and then work on it there with like whatever tools <laughs> I have. Mm-hmm. So it's it's always uh, uh, it, it cloud 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 uh, cloud storage, just good stuff. Yeah, no, it, it would have made things so much easier. So with about a half hour before this thing, I'm trying to recall from memory the entire opening monologue because I knew we could bullshit through the rest, but that opening monologue had to work. And I finished with like two minutes before we went live on this thing. And the first 20 minutes was really good. And then we went to the first quote unquote commercial break where he went to the restroom and then just we thought he just wasn't going to come back. The room, the room would accommodate about a hundred people. And we were pretty full. I think uh, I'm trying to remember. I think we counted and there was uh, 70 or so people that showed up to this thing. It was like, okay, so for no promotion, this is pretty cool. And people seemed really into it at the end of the monologue, and then he came back and did some more stuff, and then he ran off again in the middle of it, and more people just left, and it just got worse from there. And it was just yeah. that one ended up being legitimately embarrassing. Like I'm still proud of what I contributed to the process, and I actually hope one day to be able to revive this concept because I do think that it is a really fun idea. But uh, it just needs to be done with a little bit more care. Uh, definitely. And with different people. I, this guy, I didn't really know him that well. And like I said, he, he's still a friend. He's a nice guy. But he most of the people that he brought into this were, I think, more loose acquaintances than they were people that he's worked with in the past. And I think that we can all say here, having worked together, the more experience you have with people the better cooperative uh, or the better cooperation you tend to run into. Um, Cause we really don't have any drama to speak of. We don't have a lot of miscommunication issues. And if we do, it's generally pretty minor. There's not a lot of real big blow up stuff that goes on. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was not the case with this. <laughs> well, we talked about that with uh, um, like group cosplaying and such like that, where you get oh, yeah. a bunch of people together and you get some kind of drama or some kind of miscommunication or problem like that. And then just over time, you eventually find other people who are like you who are wanting to put the same amount of effort in as you do. And, and you just kind of grab it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, just, better characters. Better Go characters. Much. <laughs> and you just sort of gravitate to each other and you're like hey uh, i like doing this stuff you like doing this stuff and let's just do something together 
And it's just, you didn't go out and look for someone. They just, all those people who are just kind of around you who have the same kind of style as you. And you just go, oh, let's just, let's do something. And then you get it going. And then it's, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it is harder when you get bigger groups and stuff. Like uh, finding, the bigger the group, the more, yeah, I just Potential for failure. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That, that's a great, like, because, the more people you have, the more things something could go wrong because you have more variables. Mm-hmm. And so the more variables you have, the more likely something goes wrong, the more complex it is. Where if you just have like something simple where you just have like two people talking about one object, then you can probably get a really good panel out of that where it's just like two, three, maybe four people talking mm-hmm. and just about a subject and you just get asked questions and that's... That's a simple, that's a, that's like the basic panel of how that works. It's like, there's a topic, you have four people talking about that topic and you have people asking questions. It's, it works so well because there's really not much that can go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Unless you yeah. just have people who are boring or don't talk. In which case you wouldn't really normally see those kind of, you wouldn't try and get those people to be on a panel and they wouldn't be kind of people that would want to be on a panel. One um, would hope anyway. <laughs> Yeah, unless they are like the kind of person that just is really outgoing, but then when they get on a panel, they become very shy and have mm-hmm. stage fright. Get in front of a crowd, yeah. I feel. <laughs> I feel that so much. But you're great. I know. I mean, Tell we me threw a pink wig know. on you, and you just stole the entire show. Well, except for that one moment that we don't talk about. Hey, I'll fight you. I know where you live. <laughs> The gasp. Just outside your window right now. <laughs> yeah, you better not look out. I have a knife. Okay, so is, that, well, so is that pretty much we got what we wanted out of with that? I I think that actually uh, we actually got more out of that than I was expecting. To be honest, I uh, I think we were going to be quite so prepared for that. Yay us! Yeah, no kidding. All right, so, I guess I gotta flick this stupid switch of yours. Okay, hold on, where is it? Uh, yep, here it is. What is a fandom? Movies, TV, anime, web series, anything can become one. But the internet has made them into something more. Wars have been fought over whose fandom is the greatest. Families, friendships, and marriages have all been lost in these battles. Every week, we see who has what it takes to be the best. It's Rob's Stone Cold Pick of the Century for this week. Let's see who has what it takes to be it this week. I still don't understand where this came from, by the way. <laughs> Ross Buden. I repeat, Ross Buden. Check him out on YouTube. Plug, 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 plug. I'm really <laughs> confused right now, but okay. <laughs> yeah, that's just what Robert likes to do. I don't know. I, that just appeared last week, even though they're trying to convince me that it it's been there forever. It's been there forever. It's been there from episode one. 
Sure. Come on, uh, Ed's heard it. Whatever. <laughs> Did Isn't I that right, Ed? It wouldn't load. But, <laughs> it, but in any case, though, um, Robert, it's yours. Yep. All right. Welcome so, to the fandom picks of the century. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Welcome, everybody, to Rob Stone Cold Pick of the Century for this week, a.k.a. the fandoms of the week. Now, uh, before we get started in the segment, I just have to ask, who has seen the Ghostbusters trailer? I have. Anybody else? Yep, I've seen it. Sure. I had hoped somebody would go and say no. I have not seen it yet. Well, time to go and click the links. You want me to click the link? Oh, yeah. That load for her, too? I know, right? I mean... Are you sure? The last link you sent me didn't load for me. If you need to, copy and paste. I don't care. <laughs> We're all going to go and do our favorite, our favorite part of the podcast. And it's not Where are we going to do something for YouTube? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Sony, my favorite. Columbia Village Roadshow Pictures. Hold on. Pause it, kid. Don't we have to all start at the same time? Yeah. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for listing off all the producers or like sponsors. Or it's okay. You can do it again when we all start watching it together. Because for this week's fandoms of the week, it's inspired by this. But in order to talk about this, we need yep. to see it. Okay. Well, so let the me new Ghostbusters tra- uh, trailer that was released today. So let's take a look. Three, two, one, play. Whoa, Sony, Columbia, Village Roadshow Pictures, my favorites. I'm doing it. 30 years ago today. Are you sure it was today? What if I watched it tomorrow? Mm. How about that piano in the uh, background of the... uh... Fuck yeah. I can play one at a time. I feel like I should be opening a Christmas present. I actually really like that kind of graffiti thing. I like the build-up. It's a class four apparition. It's okay, she seems... CG looks interesting. My name is Erin Gilbert, doctor of particle physics. I went all blue. That stuff went everywhere, by the way, in every crack. Very hard to watch. We've dedicated our whole lives to studying the paranormal. Now there's sightings all over the city. There are people out there that need our help. Holtzman, you're a brilliant engineer. Erin, oh! no one's better at quantum physics than you. We can provide a real service. I'm joining the exactly club. Watching. You guys it are really funny. smart about this science yeah. stuff, but I know New York. And I can borrow a car from my uncle. You didn't disclose that the vehicle was going to be a hearse. No, the one who just got the yeah, I like this because instead of the ambulance, they have a hearse. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, so, dude, do you want to? I'll let you. I'll let you. Yeah. Next time. Okay. Someone is creating a device that amplifies paranormal activity. You might be the only ones who can stop it. Holtzman, come on. That's me. It's the hottest too much, right? I think I know my next Here's a bigger picture in hand here. These ghosts can possess the human form. I don't know if I like this part where, like, they threw in the fact that ghosts can possess. Yeah, because I feel like that would be a nice. 
a oh, nice hell no, nah, the devil is a liar! Yeah. Get out I of my got this part Ghost! Ow, that's that, that gonna funny. leave a mark! The power yeah. of panic compels well, like you! Ow! Now, a lot of people have been hating on this. Like, it was like, oh, they're ruining it. There's like all oh, woman cast. Ah, oh, blah, blah, blah. Because like, uh, they're remaking it. And it was like a cult classic. Like, the second one, people already hate the second one, anyways. Uh, I didn't mind it. It was okay. Yeah. I, I think the second one gets worse press than actual <laughs> people that watched it really think. But anyway, so now that we've all experienced that, loved it or hated it, now we're going to talk about what the subject is for this week. And obviously we're going to talk about Ghostbusters a little bit more. Because now we got to talk about reboots and remakes. Your yeah. favorites, why, and what the hell did you think of this Ghostbusters trailer? Will you watch the movie now? Yes. I always watch the movie. Probably. I, I'm going to be the movie. <laughs> like, fuck you all. You know, I would wanna... My mom told me I could be anything I wanted. So you're just going to turn into a movie? Yeah. Live what on gender forever. are you? I'm Ghostbusters movie gender. <laughs> I'm a film. That's my gender. Yeah. Just Watch wait. That's just wait. That's going to be an option on Facebook here by the end of the week. <laughs> because of me. We'll yep, yep. <laughs> be able to say, we did that. We did yeah. that. <laughs> what did yeah. you contribute to your life? Uh, I made a gender <laughs> option the film. I like, sorry, I'm just, I'm just laughing right now that the fact that all of us are... Uh, all of our cursors on our dock are all spread along their link and like even things. So we're all on the exact same line. <laughs> so it actually looks really kind of cool. <laughs> oh, time would just broke it. Yeah. yeah. So Way to ruin it, man. So <laughs> but anyways, um, <laughs> so okay. what, what did you like about it? What did you hate about it? I liked the girls. Mm-hmm. I don't know. For me personally, um, I, I personally, I thought it was, it looked pretty interesting and well done, but the fact that, I don't know, there's, they're putting a lot more focus on the CG of it and, and in comparison to what it used to be. Yeah. But of course that like, it's supernatural stuff. It's not like they can do like practical effects for that type of thing very well. Yeah. Well, like the practical effects look a lot, uh, like, cause of course the practical effects nowadays are awesome. Can still look amazing. Cause like but, you look yeah. at the, you look at the ghosts and you look at the proton beams and they look a lot, um, not like they did in the past. They yep. look fresher. They look newer. They look more CG, I guess. Yeah. Uh, like everything's a lot more detailed. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I, I've got a little bit of a love hate <laughs> thing going on there as well. Cause definitely I will say, once again, going back to my favorite term, art direction. Yeah. I'm loving the looks of this thing, and I did not think I was going to say that. Uh, I know James Gunn is involved with this, and you know he did Guardians of the Galaxy, so I shouldn't really be Hell surprised. Yeah. The prop direction looks really, really well done. I it, think. it definitely does, yeah. The quality and, is there, and you can see it. And like just from the glimpses of like, the proton packs and the... Mm-hmm. And the I don't know, just like the hand props and hero props and everything that the the girls are going to be using. Like, they seem to be well done. They're well, of course, it's for film, so you, you have the ability to touch them up slightly while they're on film. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just one of those things where I think that these, the props themselves will stand up on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. like, that, that was a big thing of the last time is that the, all their props and stuff were, um, like, amazing, actual, practical. 
props yeah. and they just they like they use the technology at the time they just threw a bunch of shit together and then they had the some flashing lights on it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much um so it's just that's the same thing they're doing now except they've got definitely definitely have something to base everything off of like the theme and style um but i their ghosts aren't going to be as practical uh like all their ghosts are cgi even that slimer as you saw was cgi um mm-hmm. and i guess they have a transition from the cgi ghost to uh, solid stuff because they had the that girl, the that ghost puke uh, ectoplasm on it, and so you saw the ectoplasm was green and very solid. Uh, the ghost was all blue and CGI, so they have like a cross between the two. But I feel like every ghost you see is going to be all just CGI. There's not going to be any real practical stuff because well, there might be because the like they're all there's obviously going to be a stand-in for mm-hmm. something for them to look at. Yeah. Yeah, which is not uh, uncommon these well, days. Well, what, what I mean is... Like, um, for, like, for example, like even if it's just a ball on a stick. Well, they have that before. That's how they do it. did it all the time. That's yeah, how that's they did what, it in the last time. Or, they, or they'll just have somebody walking around on a pair of stilts. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's not what I'm getting at, Cole. I'm, yeah. They're going to have a thing to look at. That's Obviously. how they do movies. Oh, yeah. Is they have someone who's an object or something to look at. Uh, like, that's how they did it in, like, as far as, uh, like, um, Roger Rabbit. Like oh, yeah. they they just had objects that the person looked at to do the um to do all their lines against. Like a uh, big one was the bartender who was like an octopus. All the yeah. bottles are real. So they literally just had them all hanging on ropes moving up and down, and then they draw drew the uh, octopus over top of it. And it's just mm-hmm. so that that's what I'm getting at is that um in the first one, Slimer was practical. Like he was yeah. a, an actual uh, puppet. Yeah. Yeah. And then they like put over some layers to make him kind of glow and get an ectoplasm like that. But in this one, he's just going to be completely CGI. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's going to be less practical puppets and stuff like that. Um, like the. In Puppetry the, itself is going a little bit down in comparison for a lot of. Because, like, there's... in the first one, those dogs were real. Uh, they were a puppet. Um, the. Like, a lot of it was. Wolves, yeah. A lot of it was more practical stuff. Um, so they were like all puppets or clay things. Uh, but this looks like all the stuff you'll see is just going to be completely CGI. I guess in the second one, it was mostly all CGI, too. Well, kind of. I mean, that was still really early in the computer-generated age. They were still using mostly conventional like effects. effects. But they, yeah, but they were CGIing over a lot of the elements is what they were yeah. doing in the second one, which still actually looks really good. I've got uh, the first two films on Blu-ray when they did the 30th anniversary release, and both of those films really do hold up visually very well because of those conventional effects. Um, and I'll admit, that's something that really does concern me about this one. It's uh, One of my two big concerns about this film is... The CGI in the trailer looks pretty good. There's definitely some things where it's like, okay, it's very clearly a CGI, you know, guy with long legs. But okay, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to work with this at least. I don't think it'll probably hold up as well as time goes along. Yeah, because uh, all the ghosts, all the ghosts in like the first two were like people in masks, and they just put them on there, and like they CGI'd them in. Yeah, but they were still people in costume, and they just like put a filter on them to make them blue and look like ghosts um but with this one it's just it's just solid solid gti uh cgi so they're very detailed and like i wonder nowadays like our cgi and all that stuff is super uh just realistic so 
is it going to look dated in the future? Are you going to look back at that and be like, wow, that looks like dated CGI from this era? Because like, who knows how far it's going to progress in the future or if it's just going to be completely different. Well, I I go back to Jurassic Park on this because part of it depends on how much effort they put into it. Because the original Jurassic Park, that was a mix between puppeteering and fully CGI created creatures. And that one did it brilliantly. The Blu-ray that just came out a couple of years ago still looks gorgeous. The CGI T-Rex running scenes still look amazing Mm -hmm. by comparison to a lot of the stuff that's out these days. Comparing it to Jurassic World, really fun movie have really no problems with it, but the CGI dinosaurs look like CGI dinosaurs. It's very clear that that's what they are. Well, at no point did I, well, I'm sorry. At, at no point did I believe that those were real. I was really drawn into the scenes. They were really mixed in well, art direction wise. They made it work. They did a good job of blending, but I still stand by that T-Rex in the original movie still looks better than anything that was in Jurassic world. Honestly, it's my biggest complaint about Jurassic World is that the CGI doesn't hold up to the original. But that's also the fact that with with CGI, like if you're looking at it, it's like that's probably maybe one to maybe three people's work mm-hmm. in comparison to like 50. Yeah. Like how many people worked on that Tyrannosaurus? Oh, yeah. No. Like I just the head itself, a, a huge team. Like if you're thinking like like of course like when you're thinking special effects, it's obviously not just one person doing all the special effects. But for some certain pieces, it's all like a combination, maybe only two to three people. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing as well. In the case of Jurassic World, and the reason why I give it a pass on that lower quality CGI, part of it comes down to processing power as well. Definitely. In the first Jurassic Park movie, that was there were no CGI sets. No. Yeah, there was a couple of things that they moved with CGI. But ultimately, those were conventional sets that they had set up for everything. Jurassic World, there were massive sets that were set up, but still a lot of those sequences where the dinosaurs were interacting with things, those were fully created CGI environments, and you had so many more things on screen at one time, mm-hmm. even though processing power has gone and moved about 20 times faster than what we used to have back in, uh, what was that, 1992? Is that when the first Jurassic Park movie came out? I can't even remember. It's something like that. 294, somewhere around there. I, I um, it up here real faster. Yeah. See, that's that's like also that. another thing. Uh, another big movie that falls into that category is like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where the first stuff. Ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah. Oh, Close. look at that. Ninety three. I said ninety four. You said ninety two. Split the okay, difference. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, wow, good. Wow. But yeah, like uh, Star Wars, like the first or the first. Three weren't episodes. the raptors also sorry but weren't the raptors in that also like the ones that wandered through the actual base like through the kitchen and stuff like were those actual like models i'm trying to remember yeah most of it, yeah yeah most of them were puppets there was only i think two scenes on where they went and cgi'd part of them in yeah like that's what that's the one thing that i've always loved about like puppeteering and stuff like that it's just the amount of talent that people have with these things like oh, they Oh, Farscape, God. one of my favorite series of all time, the Jim Henson Creature Workshop. You think oh. about the Muppets, you do not think about what the kind of stuff they Dark, did in that series. Dark Crystal. Hello. Oh, Dark Crystal's really good. Yeah. It was funny, actually. I, I got my hold of an episode that someone had uploaded of the of the, the Creature Shop Challenge. Mm-hmm. Oh. And um, they, uh, the episode that I found was the episode where they were redoing the Vulture Birds or whatever the heck. Yes. They made their own versions of them. That's awesome. It was um, it was like teams of two, and they made like themed ones that were banished, and they had to come back. It was really really interesting. Okay, which reminds I, which reminds me, I need to get those all of those episodes because they're not all available in Canada. 
Uh, I'm sorry to hear that, but all right. I think this is making a point, though. But yeah, we've just gone on like a 10 minute rant about conventional effects versus CGI. <laughs> yeah, and I, I definitely think that that's a concern with this Ghostbusters reboot. Are, are yeah, there any other concerns? Because I think we all kind of agree. We actually really enjoyed the trailer. I think. Oh, right? definitely. Everybody agrees like, with that. Personally, yeah. for myself, if they're able to blend them pr- between a pr- like, there's been a bunch of movies that do practical and and uh, CGI effects, and they blend them perfectly so that it works very very well, and they mm-hmm. do, and, and it just makes it the, it even better. Yeah, like a combination of like model making, puppetry, um, CGI effects, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But in the sense with that, it it should be, I don't know, it's just one of those things that if they're if it's done professionally and well done and put in well puts it together well i don't think it should matter too much i think it will just turn out well um yeah yeah, uh, what i'm gonna say is uh it's definitely get there's there's a theme for movies in this like uh this decade for how Mm -hmm. movies are where they're a big combination of funny and action Mm -hmm. uh and this one's definitely falling under that as well because like um what movie was I just watching? Where it was just, it was a combination of like there's a bunch of funny parts. Oh, I guess like I guess Star Wars was like that. Where Star yeah. Wars was a lot funnier than all the other Star Wars, like the newest one, Episode Seven. Like mm-hmm. there's way more comedy in it, and yet there's still a bunch of action. And that seems to be what's going on. You had like all the uh, um, the Marvel um, uh, Avengers movies are like that, where they're a combination of really funny parts but really actiony parts. Um, and that just seems to be the theme that they're going for nowadays. Like, um, uh, what was it? Uh, men in black three was like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Where that was a funny movie. That like, was that really was, good. It was actually was surprisingly f- good. Funniest yeah. of the three movies yet. There was still a bunch of action. Cause I remember, uh, when the first one came out, it was supposed to be a lot more darker and grittier than that. Cause like, that's how the comic book is. But the, the newest one that came out was just, I laughed a lot during that movie. I remember. I was with you that when we saw that for the first time. Were we? Mm-hmm. Yep, it was you and me. Hold on. Cole saw a movie. I think we have to believe him. Oh, shut up. But anyway, <laughs> going back also to something with Star Wars, hey, hey, even hey. though I haven't seen the movie yet, I do know one thing. Um, the chess set. Mm-hmm. Um, that was all practically done. It was done in stop motion. Mm, uh, yeah. they used the original, like the guys who did the original chess set did that again. Mm-hmm. They redid it. They took the, like the original stuff they had, like the original, like chess pieces that they had used for that, for the holograms kind of did a backwards engineering of them. Cause they'd been, uh, like degraded and stuff like that. And so they re-sculpted everything and then they did its piece mo- movement by movement by movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is great. Ironically, if you actually pay any close attention to it, uh, apparently the uh, where you know how in like uh, what was it, A New Hope, that they have the guy the that monster raises one and just slabs it to the ground. Mm-hmm. The game that happens in the new movie is actually a continuation from that same fight. Oh, is it? Huh. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Is awesome. that right? Yeah. Huh. Can't wait for the Blu-ray to come out so I can go and put them side by side. This will be awesome. Definitely, All but right, any but so, in any case, sorry about that. Yeah, but, hey, but moving worry. on to what your the rest of your topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So we talked about what we like, what we're concerned about with the Ghostbusters trailer. We'll see how this movie turns out. I was really skeptical about it in the first place, but uh, I'm starting to feel pretty good about it now. But this inspires the question of what reboots or remakes do you guys think were just 
Good. Uh, which ones do you think managed to do it right? Which ones brought something more to it? Or which ones in the reboot actually ended up giving something new life or introduced it to a new generation? Talk to me. Who do you want? Who do you want to go first? Let's see here. I'm feeling like Tyler needs to go first. Really? Okay. Well, I'm gonna talk then. Yeah, um, right. Okay. I'll pick. I picked uh, the producers actually because it's really interesting to me. Where the producers was originally a movie by Mel Brooks. Um, mm. I really like all his stuff because he's satirical and that's his humor and that's my humor. And so he's willing uh, to laugh at himself. <laughs> I laugh I, at all his stuff. I um, love everything in his collection. Yep. Definitely. So uh, the producers, um, he that, that was a movie that came out, um, which if you know what it is about, it is about two producers who make a flop musical uh, just so that they can make a bunch of money. Because if the musical flops, then if they sell over... 100% of the rights, they basically just keep all the extra money. Because if it flops, the IRS don't care about it. Um, but what happens is the musical that they they make, they pick the worst actors, the worst script, the worst um, director, and they put it all together to make a horrible uh, musical that's going to flop, and it succeeds, which <laughs> is a problem, because that means they don't have the money to pay the backers. Um, and it's just... A uh, whole story of that. It's got um, um, Nathan Lane, Matthew Broderick. No, no, no. Uh, I'm t- right now. I'm talking about the first one. Oh, the original. original. Sorry. Yeah, I'm talking about the original one, uh, ah. which had uh, Gene Wilder, mm-hmm. and um, oh, I can't remember who played the other guy. Why am I blanking on this too? That's one of my favorite movies of all time. So. Like it, it had a it had a really good cast. Uh, that one, the thing is, that one wasn't. That was in sixty seven. Holy shish! Yeah, it's an it's an old it's an old movie. Yeah. Um, that one didn't have a music. Zero Marcel, Gene Waller, and Dick Sean. I love him. Yep. Zero. So, um, so that one it didn't have any musical numbers, nothing like that. It was just a movie. That's what it was about. Um, but it was an interesting concept about it involving uh, musicals that they made a musical out of that movie. And that became really popular. And then they made a movie about the musical, about a movie. So the newest one that came out with uh, Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane, um, Uma Thurman, Thurman, um, that one has musical numbers in it because it's the movie version of a musical. Uh, And so you can, if you like watch the two movies, they are very different because the newest one is done like a musical, so all the sets are very solid. You only see them from kind of one angle, um, and it's got dance numbers, and it, it looks it looks like a musical, uh, like they do with all the other musical two uh, movie movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole's probably going to try and talk about Rent right now. Um, <laughs> or, um, or no, like the movie you, didn't. The, I, I fine if you're going to be like that, I will. Uh, anyways, so yeah, yeah, the, movies like the Rent. movie they didn't they did use different spot. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they had movies like like Chicago was that. There's, I guess there was a big theme in the 2000s where they had movies that were musicals. So they had like Chicago. They had Moulin Rouge. They had um, Rent. Uh, Rent. Uh, uh, well, there's some other ones, but anyways. Um, yeah, and those are all movies that are shot in the way that they are look like musicals. Uh, and so 
don't know. It, this the newest one is just it's really funny. It's I don't uh, Mel Brooks didn't even direct it or anything. Um, he was just did he produce it? He may have produced it. He was a producer. Yes. <laughs> so he was a producer of that movie, but he didn't direct it because it was basically done differently. It's it's a remake of the musical version of it. So that's that's an interesting way for all that to happen. They cut out some numbers too and change some stuff around, but. Um, yeah, I, I'd consider that a reboot or a remake. Okay. Uh, oh, definitely. They remade the movie, but it's of like the musical, so it's it's completely different because it's got musical numbers in it. It's got dancing. It's got all that stuff. Where the first one is literally just a movie. There isn't there isn't any of that in there. So, uh, well, there is, but that's only in the musical part of it when they're like looking at the musical. Yeah. Uh, oh, Will Ferrell's in it too. Oh, it, in one of his best roles, might I add. I still yeah. stand by. He was the best in the Lego movie, but this is a close second for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it just had a really good cast. And it was, it's just a fun movie to watch. Um, anyways, so that's that's my take on a, a reboot remake that I liked. Uh, right. Robert, who do you want to go next? Uh, Ebbs. Yeah. Ebbs, let's get you in here. Okay. Well, I'm not usually a fan of remakes. I've had a lot of, I guess, yeah, yeah, like uh, Clash of the Titans was one. Uh. Hated the remake. I mean, I'm also a huge Greek mythology buff, so I had my issues there as well. Um, But out of the ones that I've seen, and like, I try and make an effort to not see a lot of remakes. Well, most of uh, them are terrible. Who could blame you? Wayne? Yeah. This, this is exactly. a very small list of good reboots and remakes. Since we all had to think about this one for a while. Exactly. Uh, Cause your other ones are like total recall or. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, I guess star Wars is a reboot. Like kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, like continuation. Yeah. I, it's changing. I think it's changing enough of the tonality about it that you can call it a reboot, especially since that really was a dead franchise as far as films were concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose Carrie, though. Oh. Um, I thought the new Carrie movie, and I love horror movies, so that's another reason why I chose it. Um, I was definitely a little uh, worried when it, they first said that they were going to make a new Carrie movie. But it was it was pretty good. It now that was uh, really true. That was the one with uh, what's her name, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. Is that it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I actually haven't seen this one, so uh, tell me, was this one that made you just think it was as good as the original? I'm looking at their meta scores, and they're pretty close to each other. So, is yeah. this one that's very similar? Would you say it's kind of a take for take? quality wise or do you think there was something that was done better than the original or things done worse help us out here um so basically in the newer one they definitely like effects have obviously gone way up in terms of technology and everything like that so you can actually move shit around and do telekinesis powers without it looking i guess uh obvious that it's a special (laughs) effect so um, so that was really cool, but I, I personally absolutely loved Julianne Moore 
as the mother Mm -hmm. acting wise, she was amazing. And they didn't do it exactly take for take. Like they did change the ending and a little bit and like stuff like that. (laughs) But I acting wise, I thought it was really very top notch. Um, Cause that's what I tend to look at when I watch movies more so than anything else is how the actors went about the roles and like how they delivered their lines and evoked emotions and so on and so forth. Um, so she was amazing. Chloe um, was also pretty good as a young teenage girl going through puberty and also telekinesis powers and going slightly crazy. So uh, not at all like Hit Girl, where she went and played a teenage girl going through puberty that went slightly crazy. Yeah, no, not at all like that. Like, <laughs> kind of, when you put it out on paper like that, it sounds similar, but it's definitely a different kind of crazy. Um, this is more creepy crazy than... I'm just going to kick your ass. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Go to sleep right now. Go to your fault. Go to sleep. This is like, holy shit. I'm actually kind of terrified because you're moving shit with your mind. (laughs) And now I'm in a car crash and now we're blowing up and you're covered in blood. (laughs) That's funny. But no, it's, it was, it was really good. Um, they stayed pretty true to the original as far as what needed to be portrayed and what needed to be told. Mm-hmm. So story-wise and whatnot, it was definitely, they they didn't fuck it up. Mm-hmm. That's all I can that's, ask for. Hey, that's, isn't that what we all hope for in a reboot or a remake? Yeah. Seriously, James Gunn, don't screw it up with Ghostbusters. <laughs> but anyways yeah so uh yeah yeah cole why don't you go next because i'm really curious to hear your commentary on what you picked okay for myself i actually kind of have two one of them i'll, I'll put more in, into context into better context but i'm just going to start with the other one even though it's a little bit older reboot um little shop of horrors hmm. um the original little shop of horrors came out in 1960 um that was done with like roger corman um jonathan hayes that type of thing um and uh jackie joseph but yeah that was that one but uh, but the when everybody thinks little shop of horrors nowadays they think the one with rick moranis alan green and and uh levy stubbs who put did the voice of audrey too um but that's a Personally, one that I remember from when I was younger, my parents watched it with me and my brother, and we watched it. It was really good. It was really funny, and I watched it again when I was older, and it still held up. And it was just one of those things, like, I'd never actually watched the original, just because I'd never been able to find it. But I just, I don't know, it's just one of those things that I think they probably did better, because they were able to have a lot more, because this was all practical effects. It was insane. Like, there were six people that worked Audrey, that puppeteered that thing. Oh, yeah. No, I, wow. I believe it. They've got a touring stage show I actually saw recently, and my God, I thought it looked impressive in the movie, 
the one that they're operating for the stage show, I don't know how many people are inside of that thing, but it is insane mm-hmm. what those guys are making that thing do. Definitely. But I just wanted to mention that one real quickly. Mm-hmm. Now, the other one here, personally for myself, that I've always loved was Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, like the only reason I really enjoy the new Karate Kid with Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan is because Jackie Chan's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think Jaden Smith is a idiot. Uh, uh, is anybody going to argue this? Anybody? No. Show of hands? Nobody? Nobody? I don't know. Nobody he makes know? some weird tweets. Yeah. <laughs> what was the question? Uh, do you think Jaden Smith is an idiot? Go on. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, but, um, in any ca- but in any case, though, I've, I loved the original Karate Kid. It was amazing. Um, really, really funny. And it had, it had its moments. And it just was like one of those classic like classic movies. Everybody remembers watching the Karate Kid for the first time. I'm sure everybody in this room has watched it. Yeah. Watch and it was just, what? it's just one of those, like, like, uh, like the, the, the kid that could, that like, that was bullied. And it was like, he learned to fight to protect himself and ended up being winning the girl in the end. Like it was a good, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. And then you get the Karate Kid, the new Karate Kid with Jackie Chan. Now, Jackie Chan has always been one of my favorite martial artists ever. And I think he he did he had big big shoes to fill when it came to being Mr. Miyagi. Like the Pat Morita who played the original Mr. Miyagi um put a lot of like he's just really good for this. And I've always just really enjoyed like this practical style for it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that that Jackie Chan had to put up with Jaden Smith. Uh, <laughs> that I just thought, I don't know. If you, I don't know. It's just one of those things that I, that I, I don't know. It, it somehow worked. Like, even though I don't like Jaden at all, he did at least a decent job at being Daniel. Yeah. yeah. He didn't fuck it up, at least in that movie. Um, yeah. Also, the kid can rock a skirt. I do give him that. Well, so can Tyler. <laughs> Wait, what can I do now? Rock a skirt. I'll allow um, it. Yeah, no, nobody rocks a skirt like Tyler. But uh, to That's your point, I, I'll actually go and give this movie a lot of credit. This is one that... It was um, a lot of big shoes. It was a big shoe to fill. Oh, definitely. This whole thing, this was a film that the closer it got to release, everybody was expecting it was going to be a flop. I'm trying to remember what studio produced this, but they actually were going and uh, they stopped going and running ads for this at one point to start running ads for projects that were months out, just hoping to be able to go and make up some of the losses that were going to come out of this movie. Mm-hmm. And it didn't have the best opening weekend, but it actually Columbia. ended up being quite the Columbia. That's it. Hit. This one actually ended up being something of a hit and I'll give it credit. I did not want to watch it. Somebody talked me into doing it and I personally it's the only yeah, it's the only film I've ever seen where I thought that Jaden Smith could act. And I give more credit to the team that produced this movie, oh, the yes. direction, the director, all of the set producers. Yeah, they, they did. A, <laughs> it was very clear that everybody was on the same page with this one. And as weird as Jaden Smith can be, I think that he probably realized on how important this role was. Because this was also his first real big acting jump. By himself. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, All the other not... ones he played as a kid for Will Smith. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he wasn't uh, He wasn't just getting there. I mean, clearly, he got this job because of his dad. I'm going to say that right now. There's no yeah. way he would have gotten this other ways. But 
Well, he I really took played. that one seat. Well, yeah, you could have, but... If I was Will Smith's child, I co- totally could have played... Anything. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Like, yeah, no, but... So, I, yeah. I'm going to give him some credit. This is the only time I can think of. This is the only time that uh, I think that I'll give Jane Smith some credit, because nobody's going to question Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing Especially martial artist. China. Oh, exactly, yeah. No, he's, <laughs> he's a nope. great actor. He's just a genuinely good person. The directing team and everything. Uh, this was a really well put together movie just from looking through the casting list. And it, I even recognize some of the names of the gaffers on this thing from other movies. There's they had a lot going for them. And Jane Smith clearly took this seriously. I I didn't want to see this movie. And after I was done with it, I was like, damn, I enjoyed myself. Definitely. That uh, two hours went by quick. Mm-hmm. I do have to say I watched it on a plane. however i've also seen some really decent movies like highly decent movies on planes Mm -hmm. but i watched it on a plane yeah (laughs) um actually i also want to put this into before we move on to um before we move on to you rob um that i actually have like going back to the original karate kid i'm you know you know have you ever played the like the six steps between any person or something like that, you know, the Google search or something the like seven that. Seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. There we go. Seven <laughs> degrees of Kevin Bacon. Thank you. If you, you pick have no a, excitement. Yeah. If you. You, yeah. If you pick any, like the, the concept is, is if you pick any actor in Hollywood, um, there are seven, if within seven steps, you'll hit, you'll hit Kevin Bacon. Uh, because they've worked with someone who has worked with someone oh. who has worked with Kevin Bacon. Um, that's just a yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a spoof off the original Seven Degrees of Separation. Yeah, um, but no, which but is like anyone's knows someone through Seven Degrees. Yeah. Um, so you know Kevin Bacon through Seven Degrees of Separation. Yeah, but anyway, but moving on, using that the Seven Degrees of Separation, I'm actually two steps away from Mr. Miyagi. Say what, um, Mr. Miyagi, um, met. A family friend of ours who was also my karate sensei and also a person who I learned Japanese uh, shiatsu from, which is a massaging technique, um, met um, Mr. Me- the guy uh, – what, what was his name? Uh, you said Pat, earlier. Pat, Pat Marate yeah. um, at a convention in, in, the, in L.A. or in Hawaii. And they figured – he learned what he did and stuff like that. And for many, for several years, would make trips up to Saskatoon, where where Sensei lives, to get massage. Wow, because he was one of the few people that was able to help him with um, with like chronic pain. And there's pictures, and there's pictures to prove it. (laughs) Yeah, probably go to go to a restaurant in Japan, or not a restaurant in China, and Jackie Chan's on the wall with the owner. Well, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. But no, but that, but he has pictures with that, and he with a note saying, "Thank you for making me well." You talk to Sensei. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, and yeah, and he and he went there until he passed. Wow, but yeah, I'm two degrees away from from uh, Pat Morata. Anyway, moving on to you. Okay, yeah, I guess I'm finishing this one out, and I'm going to go with, uh, oh, the doc's freaking out. Anybody else seeing that? No. <laughs> okay, it's just me. All right. You so failed. I'm going to, yep, yep, I, I fail, apparently. So 
I'm going to talk about one that a lot of people kind of glance over as being a reboot, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, Casino Royale, the James Bond movie. Uh, a lot of people, I hate to go and say, have kind of forgotten on what the uh, 007 franchise went through. Um, we had a lot of bad films that went and came out over the course of several years. Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, and the worst one, the one that really put the final nail in the coffin, was Die Another Day. I'll admit, I was never a huge fan of the 007 films. Like I loved the old Sean Connery films. Uh, the ones that really started it all off, uh, especially from Russia with Love. That's still my favorite period. But uh, they were always pretty formulaic. You always knew exactly what was going to happen in them. And I hate to go and say this, it kind of developed its own tropes. And everybody, I, I remember watching Die Another Day in theaters and listening to people groaning every time the same thing would happen that was in another movie. You know, the girl comes out of the water in slow motion shot in the bikini, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I like the Pierce Brosnan. I, I like him, but I stand by the writing was... Yeah. I don't the know, the writing know, wasn't good. It, it, was, it was cheesy. That's what it was. Because yeah, um, like, he also did like things like Goldeneye, too. He, he was in... Yeah. That one, I think, is the exception to the rule, though. <laughs> like, the rest yeah. of them afterwards, eh, I don't know. I, they, to each their own on these ones. I, I know there's some people that go and give a lot more credit to these films than I would, but and that's not taking anything away from them. But wouldn't you agree that they did become pretty formulaic there for a well, long yeah, time? Well, yeah, they did. They became very tropey. Um, but, like, yeah. that tropiness is kind of what made those James Bond movies. Um, yeah. Like, they were... They were, they were just like that before, you just didn't really notice it. It was became very apparent in these ones. But yeah, they became people know these ones. Like they know the world is not enough. Die another day. Tomorrow never dies. And Goldeneye. Like those Doctor are Doctor No. Um, yeah. No, that's Doctor No. That was like that was sixty two. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I thought you were just talking James Bond movies in general. I'm sorry. Oh no, no, no just no, no, just I'm that talking, period. Okay, I apologize. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Oh, per, just uh, Pierce Brosnan. Okay. Uh, like you just talked about was that was Sean Connery in Doctor No, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 Because yeah. like those ones. First, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the first one with uh, Sean Connery. Those are all. Those are gods right there. Like some of those are my favorites. Um, yeah. But they're very formula form, formulaic as well, I, I guess. But then again, yeah, if but you look at the like other ones, yeah. Yeah, they didn't draw as much attention to that, though. And that that's more what I'm making point of. Like, some of these things just became features standalone in the films, and they seem to draw just way too much attention to them in the later films. It's like, we don't have any original thoughts. Like, these are things that we've always done, but we're just going to Well, it was the to... 90s. Yeah, and, and Dark Age of Cinema. I mean, I still stand by that. It's a real thing. Yeah. Um, or, or a movie was no longer than an hour and a half. Exactly. Yeah. No. And the, I don't know. That, 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 but that's just how it was. There. Yeah. I guess. But like that makes them catchy. Like you, you know them. Yeah. Definitely that. But talk about a diminishing rate of returns. I mean, I, this is actually really depressing to me. Uh, I read a synopsis uh, while studying up for this uh, about Die Another Day, mm-hmm. and so. The James Bond movies. I mean, this this is a British character, and even I grew up on this on this show. Exactly, the international films, no doubt. But 
Die Another Day was almost exclusively viewed by the American audience. Like, it was so poorly received in the UK that it didn't even have a regular run in the theaters. Normally, it's between uh, three to seven weeks is what you'll get out of one of these summer blockbusters. And most cinemas in the UK were pulling it after two weeks. This was not a big hit there. Hmm. So well, maybe that's the thing. Maybe it was like designed more for uh, North American viewing. I guess. I, I guess, I guess yeah. I, like, I just, there's I, a whole lot of history behind it, though. Oh yeah. Like for reasons and stuff like that. Because like think of other spy movies that are coming out at that time. Like uh, Mission Impossible has lots mm. of tropes like that too. Um, and it's it's like well, and think of like Power Rangers. Power Rangers has tons of tropes. Oh his, God! Oh, definitely. <laughs> and so like, it's just those campy things that people can latch on to. Um, but then there is a thing where it becomes too campy. Um, yeah. And then we had like then we had the next era of movies where everything became really gritty because it just became too campy. So like yeah. your Casino Royale. So that's like the uh, newest. All the newest James Bonds became very gritty. Um, the Batmans, they they are all gritty now. They're starting off with like the other DC movies are going to be really gritty looking, and it's so all these show all these shows and medias that came out a long time ago. They were campy, then they kind of came real, and they became campy again, and now they're becoming really really gritty. Um, so it's just there's trends, and these are the trends that all these movies follow because it's like oh this movie did it differently and it was fresh and made lots of money and then producers and executives are like money i heard money mm-hmm. so they go okay well let's do it this other way because this the way we're doing it now has become stale and it's, isn't making as much money but this new fresh way of doing it is so let's do it that way and then all these movies are following this formula and mm-hmm. so it's always good the first movie that does it differently is like uh, masterpiece and original and then all the other movies that do it the exact same way after are all just formulaic and are copying uh, even though it's still making it a good movie it's just the problem is that they weren't the first ones to do it they're just mm-hmm. cheap I guess yeah no you, you've definitely nailed it on the head there because cinema definitely more than any other form of media cinema definitely has trends that happen across the industry and Casino Royale definitely did come into that. This came out a year after Batman Begins. And it did reinvent James Bond, but not by completely breaking apart. It still had all of its tropes in place, but it wasn't drawing attention to them in the same way. The way that they were writing the story and art direction, once again, just trying to go and make things consistent between the story and the way that it was shot and the action sequences... And Daniel Craig as the new James Bond really did bring something to it because he's a guy. I think we can say he's a good looking guy. Very attractive person. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think that he's necessarily the kind of attractive that you think of with a lot of these guys. You look at, uh, (laughs) honestly, look at any of them. Pierce Brosnan. He's not oh, Sean Connery. Sean Sean Connery. uh, Sean Connery. I'd still stand by him and like Roger Moore. Those guys, I I don't understand this necessarily going and being a straight guy, but those they are treated like they were sex icons in that role back then. And I can't say that Daniel Craig, he's a good-looking guy. I, I think we can all agree with that. I think we're all comfortable enough in our masculinity. Ebbs might have a different opinion on this than we do, but 
he also doesn't have that look of being a pretty boy. He seems. No. I think he's got, the rest he, of them have more of an elongated face, whereas um, Daniel Craig, his face is a little more round, mm-hmm. um, which can be why like he doesn't look as much of a pretty boy. Yeah, well, I think he just looks more like he looks he's got kind of that average Joe quality about his face. He's still an attractive guy, but I actually believe that he could kick your ass. And the way that they shot all the scenes, it's very believable with him. And the way I stand by the script really does make this kind of a movie because some of these James Bond films have been fantastic just because the script has allowed the actor to really go and delve into a character more than others. Yeah. Casino Royale started things off great. The direct sequel, Quantum of Solace, was also fantastic, really continued things. And Skyfall, I think, is now my favorite James Bond film. It was the 50th anniversary film. Have you seen the newest one yet? Spectre, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Okay. I, yeah. My favorite part about the movie... I haven't! That's okay. My favorite yeah. part about... Um, Even I haven't seen it. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I forgive you guys. My favorite part about That's the right. newer James Bond movies, especially, and any really James Bond type movies where they have a spy, is the music. Mm-hmm. It's just very, it's very spy-y. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, also, I see what you mean about Daniel Craig, where he doesn't seem like someone would go look at him and be like, you're definitely very attractive because I, when I first saw him as James Bond, it took me a while to be like, okay, yeah, you're attractive. I found him attractive because he was James Bond, not because he was Daniel Craig. Exactly. Yeah. That's the kind of thing. They still kept the tropes in place, but it wasn't one of those things like Pierce Brosnan. I really like him as an actor. Mm hmm. But there's a scene in Die, and I think it was in Die Another Day. It might have been The World Is Not Enough. Tyler, it sounds like you remember this stuff well enough that uh, you can correct me uh, if I'm wrong here. There's a, there's a sequence in one of those movies, I think it's Die Another Day, where they're in like this um, hotel made out of ice. Yep, I and know exactly. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's there with this uh, other spy. Yeah. And he's like, they might have the room bugged. We should probably go and get in bed together to make it look natural. And it's just like, yes, that is the campiest thing I've ever seen. It's just like, okay, we get it. You're supposed to do it somewhere in the movie, but like they couldn't even write it in well. But I mean, isn't that how everyone goes into a room or is, is it, it just, just me? Uh, it's I, just me then. I, I, I hope so. Me. Otherwise I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> I believe I say that normally. I say we should get in bed together. Perfect. Just hang out in there, yeah. The room might um, be bugged, so. Hold, hold on, Tyler. Are, are you saying you haven't been respecting rule number ten? Oh shit! What the fuck is rule number ten, yo? Don't worry about rule number ten. I need to know. <laughs> I'll fill um, you in later. No, I need Which... to know. <laughs> Rules of con. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay, no but coitus. I need to know after this. Okay, you will. No coitus okay. at con. Yeah. Now I know. <laughs> Um, which one was it where uh, James Bond went around in like this goofy spaceship shooting things? Moonraker. Is that Moonraker? Yeah, Moonraker. Yeah. <laughs> so wasn't Moonraker? I'm reading it up, and it was the highest grossing film until it was beaten out by Goldeneye. Yep. So how how do you feel about that one? Because that's not 
like is that the start of the campiness then i i feel like that's when it started turning into that kind of deal because even the spy who loved me still it had some of that campy quality about it but the writing was still on top of itself so it didn't feel it didn't feel like it was out there although maybe we, that's yeah but maybe yeah. you need to go back and look at them because they might all just have that campiness and you just didn't really notice it in the old ones we'll or, have yeah. to yeah it's just one of those things that just might just pop up unfortunately yeah um because yeah. like if you want some campy spy movie, go watch Spy Hard or something. Oh, God. Because, oh, oh yes. God. <laughs> okay, shut up, because Spy Hard and uh, all of those movies are my favorites, so mm-hmm. shut up. So let's... Before Leslie? We, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Leslie Nielsen. I wanted to work with him, but then he died. I know, right? I was God, so mad. Now I have to like actually get on this whole like possible joking acting shtick so no one else dies before I... <laughs> get to work with them okay but anyway let's move He's on Canadian. before yeah well, let's yeah, unfortunately let's yeah let's let's move on before we piss her off about something else uh <laughs> okay um where's the t- oh, hold on i have to queue up the band hold on and but that got intense yo yeah it was all right tyler your band is queued ah it's time for tyler's anime corner now, in Tyler's Anime Corner, once a week, I, Tyler, ask a question about anime, and my friends come up with anime to fit that question. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's scary, sometimes it's just plain weird. But what it always is, is very entertaining. Now, this week's question is, what's your archetype? Yeah, it's a little confusing. Uh, let's see what my friends come up with in this week's Tyler's Anime corner okay guys okay. thank you thank you you can go now bye bye it's nice nice seeing you all yeah okay. see you next week okay. <laughs> I, I don't know how we're paying for these guys are they actually real people or are they like reanimated corpses uh, yes considering they just dug themselves back into I'm the a... ground we're gonna go yes and no <laughs> I'm a oh god we who's who's the necromancer right I, I, i'm a I, necromancer in case you didn't hear me the past like seven times, I said so. <laughs> I didn't take you seriously. Also, yeah. can you get me uh, Leslie Nielsen back? Also, did you know I was a necromancer? <laughs> no, no, I did not. Well, now you do. And if I could bring Leslie Nielsen back. By the way, did you know that uh, Leslie Nielsen was actually born like like three hours from here? What? I did not know that. Yeah, he was born in Regina, Saskatchewan, not- which is like two and a half hours from Saskatoon. Wasn't he also like related to the guy in politics? Who was he related to? I can't remember. I don't know. I I, I remember looking at like some uh, um, stuff of like some politics for Canadian guys who did a important stuff with making our government, and then there's just Leslie Nielsen in the photo because he's like cousins to one of the guy. Like, hey, this is my cousin. No big deal. Yeah, that's well, awesome. Uh, uh, you guys need to be on the lookout for a for his reincarnation for me. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> but any case, though. Yes. Yeah, so necromancy's done. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, necromancy's over. We'll, we can resurrect them next week. Um, so, Tyler, what is this about? Well, okay. So, it's, it's kind of loose where I said, what is your archetype? Uh, so, like, an archetype is a uh, um, general style of character 
um, profile. Uh, what other words would work? Um, Here, let me. The way a character acts, I guess. Uh, so, yeah. What is that clicking in the background? It's not me. It's not you. Okay. It, but it is. Oh. Yeah. So, it is. The very oh, typical example of a certain person or thing. There you go. She's got the uh, definitions down. I do. So, yeah. Like, uh, it, it's, it's the character, like a type of character that you'd normally see in um, any books or animes or mangas. Um, like, Tassandras are an example. or Like, they, they use girls a lot. Um, well, since you one? mentioned that, um, we might as well. Should we, yeah, should we just start uh, off with Ebbs then? Since that's so that would be me. Yeah. yeah, since I already jumped into it. Uh, yeah, no, I feel like, yeah, that's definitely me. Because at first I'm like, fuck you. But then I'm like, but fuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's got so many meanings to it. Exactly. And it's perfect. Um, no, basically they start out being. Super- so, for you, so for you, though, you see that as you're like yourself, right? Partially. I don't feel like i it doesn't be have to be yourself it could be the character you enjoy like watching oh i realize that. i'm just checking yeah i definitely enjoy watching them because it's like man i'm going to be really cold and uh and no i will not i guess uh whatever shit i can't think of words right now it's hard <laughs> to talk about it. like I, I was just thinking about another type of character which is like the moe uh, Moe? Yes. Moe. Yeah, which is like the kind of like uh, vapid, oh. not really there, but kind of like your character, so to speak. Yeah. Very innocent. Yeah. No, that's not me. Yeah, uh, no, not at all. <laughs> See, the problem is it's hard to relate to these types of characters because they're all very two dimensional characters. Like, it very yeah. much is. Like, uh, I yeah, no, I definitely, when I first meet people in a normal setting where I'm the one introdu- like meeting them rather than, hey, so-and-so, meet so-and-so type of thing, yep. uh, I'm definitely a lot, I, I'm very much more cold and reserved than anything else. However, if it's like, hey, friend, you are a friend, here's my friend group, you guys um. I'm very much like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, I'm Ebbs. Nice to meet you. Blah, da, 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 da. Like with you guys, I met you guys through other friends. I didn't just meet you. Randomly on the street. Exactly. Otherwise, <laughs> I... Just, just hold you down. Want to be on our podcast? Want to be on our podcast? <laughs> I don't like, fucking... Oh, please be on our podcast. Pepper spray is what you'd get. <laughs> like Pepper spray, but like, sure. <laughs> but like... Yes. <laughs> After so, you got pepper sprayed. So, I, yeah. I almost wonder, are you more than like Kudare, maybe? Possibly. I don't know. I don't, I don't watch enough animes. I should. I yeah. have a subscription to Crunchyroll. Oh, So geez. I should be like getting on that shit, but I haven't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So explain what that means to me. Robert. Well, like, uh, Cutere, somebody like, uh, this is probably going a little bit to the extreme here, but 
That's like uh, Yuki Nagato from The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, generally described as a cold type, logical thinker, blunt with opinions, and more friendly in private. Yes, but also I'm really good at creative thinking, which is why I hate the right brain, left brain shit that people have everywhere. (laughs) Same, just saying that. But, um, yeah, no, I think that, yeah, in that case, yes, that would definitely be more Mm -hmm. suitable to who I am, I guess. Yeah, like I said, it's 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 a very two dimensional thing to say. Hey, this is who I am. Exactly. Uh, this is why I like to think of like. You can also say which character would you like to be, or one that you can relate to the most. Not exactly a hundred percent, because I got you. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, that, sorry. Go ahead. Well, you said in that case. Oh right. Uh, so in that case, I would definitely be. Um, a mix between Levy and Kana from Fairy Tale. Oh, there you go. Drunk all the time. Not drunk all the time, but dude, I'd also be Gajil. It would be great. <laughs> Fucking piercings, just yell at people. Shit, yeah. Then you get to like rock out into your uh, uh, costume and start singing guitar and. Right. Shubidua. Oh. Perfect. Someone needs to. Someone needs to do that. It'll be cool. I've already got the costume, but do you not even follow me? Nope. What? No. Son of a bitch. Who are you? What? Where am I? What is this place? What? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave. I I I've got nothing to live for now. Alright, so Tyler, where do you want to go next? Um so yeah. uh, (laughs) yeah, that's a good example. Uh, bye, bye Rob. Uh, we'll find a replacement for you, don't worry. Sweet, Uh, I know people. I know people. All right. Anyways, uh, Rob, you go next. Oh, wait, you left. <laughs> oh, man, I guess that's you, Cole. All right. Well, for me, I kind of took it kind of like what, what is my favorite type of character in anime. And I kind of always kind of enjoy, like, the, per, the, the main character that comes in. Like, nobody expects him to be any good. He's like, he's like, oh, you're poor. You don't know how to do this. Or he's like, you come from this type of background. So kind of like the one I've kind of named it because I couldn't really come up with the right name for it was Unknown Talented Underdog. Mm-hmm. And the way the example that I'm going to be using is Soma from Food Wars. Mm-hmm. That's more normally like the, the typical protagonist yeah. character. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, looking, oh, uh, look, looking he's back. This. Yes, yes, yes. Whoa. You couldn't keep me away. No, I, I'm... I must dominate the anime corner now. He, he is actually, this is uh, Rob 2. He's the 2.0, 2.0. Yes, yes. I, I am Rob Square. Nice to meet you all. Are you a square? I would like to think not, but I do not know for certain. I have only been in existence for 15 seconds. Oh, See, man. he's not a square because he's around. Oh, man. But in any case, Perfect. though. Um, I am three-dimensional like, in nature. But in any case, though, but for me, uh, I don't know. It's just one of those like, like nobody expects him to be any good, or like because I'm like, oh, I like you're using like the cheapest and like for in, for this instance, like like you come from this background, you worked in a diner, like you use such crappy ingredients as like blah blah. I was talking about food wars again. Yes, I'm talking about diners food wars. are great. <laughs> just saying. Is I know, but for, like the show that that I'm talking about is like you're like. You, like the people that it was like or c- could spend like millions of dollars. Like they're the the top of the like the food business. 
like suppliers and stuff like that, and their kids are coming to the school. And they look down at him because, like, oh, they proved that he wants to become number one, but there's no way that someone that this small would ever, like, this stupid will ever stay here. Blah, 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 blah. And I don't know. And, and he just proves them wrong in every single time that he tr- that he goes up against them. That's cool. Um, doesn't every single time. Or, yeah. well, almost every time. Um, yeah. This falls under, like, like um, Luffy from One Piece. This is exactly yeah, yeah, like exactly. Yeah, it, it is your, your typical protagonist character who is challenged and <laughs> keeps shouldn't be any better shouldn't make it but he doesn't even <laughs> yeah back. and then he proves the other person wrong who's the bad guy and then they become friends because they are seen to a new light and so on and so forth which is yeah. a basic formula for a lot of um uh the uh shonen genre which is all we talked about last year or last podcast as well pretty so, much that would have been great if today was if it was January, because then you could say last year. I could, yeah. yeah. And oh, then people we, like, we used that joke. Did I'm so glad. Joke? I don't did think we you? did. No. Well, we have to. We kind well, of let's... unintentionally made the joke because we can't I mean, go and no, get ourselves but... straight on what time of the year it is. No, yeah. back in time now, yes. All right. Yeah. Um. um and actually, Cole, I believe I found what that character type is called. It oh. seems that's generally described as Genki. Okay. Uh, described generally as energetic types, motivators, uh, general shonen protagonists, always beaming, and highly optimistic. Okay. So that seems about right. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Rob, I guess you can go. Go next. Because now that, well, now that you've been... Rob you've repl- Yeah, Rob squared, you can go, you Rob can go now. Yeah. Dude, oh, I should have a submission. Hold on, let me check. No, no, I, I, I am, I am the second Rob. The first one stormed out of here, and Mr. Tyler cloned me from cells of his DNA that have been collected through means I do not know. Oh, don't you yeah. worry about it. There, there's, there, there are a mixture. Like there's some of your the hair and skin clippings from inside the keyboard. Uh, there's some sweat samples. There's some stool samples. Uh, so you're like, I, what I mean by that is like, I took some hairs off a stool, like I <laughs> wouldn't sit on. Uh, nothing dirty. <laughs> <I'm glad you laughs> had... As I've only existed for several <laughs> minutes, I am tempted to believe you. Oh, okay. I'm glad you cleared that up. Yeah, yeah. So you got to clear it up, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes, yes. I, I will go with the sensei uh, archetype. Generally described as the teacher model, which is directly translated, obviously. But uh, in anime, that can be pretty loosely interpreted. A lot of times that falls into mentor characters. Uh, strict attitudes are pretty common. Uh, they always try to be responsible, even though most of the time the people around them end up bringing down the professionalism a lot. Do you, uh, do you have like a particular anime that you can like relate this to the I, most? I, I I gotta be honest here. I've had a really hard time trying to narrow that down. I, I keep looking at everything, and I uh, there there's there's the masters from Sengoku Basara. There's uh, Hilda from Outlaw Star. There's and this is not the best example, but he'll always be my favorite example for this. The great teacher Onizuka. Yeah. That that one actually, uh, the more I think about it, I think is probably the best example. Even though he is this comedic character, he um, does have actually a very strict attitude, and he's trying to be responsible in this job of his. 
But uh, yeah, no, that uh, that cast of Cretans in his middle school just doesn't make it easy on him. Totally, met, totally fits the snappy side of things, and there's no question he he just openly likes to goof off. He's the perfect sensei archetype, even though he's clearly designed to be the anti sensei in his occupation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because okay. he's actually he's actually a great teacher. I mean, that's the ironic part. Like, I don't know about the scholastic side of things, but in life, he's actually quite the good sensei. Hey. Hmm. Plus, you gotta appreciate a guy that's willing to go and cause several thousand dollars in damage going and riding a motorcycle off the side of a unfinished highway while one of his students is tied to the front of it. Wow. That sounds like something I would do. Something I really want to do, but I haven't found a student that's worth it yet. Worth it? Yeah, you know, one that uh, one that's really gonna appreciate the lesson that I'm trying to scare <laughs> the shit into him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, yeah. All of them? Just I don't, trial I don't think and I, error. It's, it's the rebel care. sensei. But, yeah, but I, that's a lot of motorcycles to go through. I mean, I... You're an adult. Do, do you destroy do the motorcycle every I time? You. I gotta drive it off the side of a high... Or on, off the side of an unfinished highway. Yeah, it's gotta blow up every time. Okay. I believe in yeah. you. You can find a way around this. Tie a string to the motorcycle and then just, like, lug it back up. Yeah. What See? happens if it hits a pillar or the rope breaks or something like Sucks that? Sucks to be you, then. <laughs> <laughs> do you, you just know what? figure I out a better way to my, do it? I think I, I think I found that student that's going to get strapped to the front of my motorcycle. Good. Yes. Good. Oh, she wants to be strapped to the front of her motorcycle. Okay. <laughs> um, Real well, secret, apparently. Since we're uh, we're going through this pretty quickly, uh, which is good because we've talked so much through the other categories already. Um, yeah. I picked one that I seem to be roped into. Like, I don't know if this is the way I act or if I'm just typecast into it, but it's like that kind of uh, anarchy type character, like that older brother um uh, type character who's like a gang leader who's kind of charismatic or or Aww. just kind of cool I guess. Yeah. Or am I just am I just being really narcissistic right now? No, I it's, it's uh, rock a little narcissistic, but you're on the right track because you're definitely not um yeah, you're, yeah. you're not senpai-ish where necessarily anybody idolizes you in the process but the respect level is still there at the same time. I I think you're on the right track. Yeah, because that, that's what it is. It's someone who's like of higher respect, but they're kind of uh, maybe not a good influence. Yeah. But uh, highly approachable at the same time. Yeah. Oh, I miss Anna and I, I miss Miu and M. Mm-hmm. Go on. <laughs> I mean, just I just listen. About them. Yeah, apparently. You, you Don't worry, you can go and listen to Anna on our last podcast, and I'm sure eventually Emma's going to find her way on here, whether eventually. we like it or not. I'm going to see her next yeah. weekend. Oh, there you go. So, um, the character I picked uh, that matches this kind of is uh, from Gurren Logan, um, Because both the main characters... Um, like it's kind of weird because uh, like who who here has seen Gurren Logan? Nope. Yo. No. Okay, I'm gonna. Um. So the main character, you know, you know, like uh, 
The, <laughs> the pointy anime glasses. Kamina? Like, well, like, uh, you know that as a, like a, as a meme thing. Like, you see guys with pointy anime oh, yeah. glasses. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's from glasses. this. Yeah. So, um... Squirrel Squad. So yeah, like Kamina, uh, you, you said the name already. So um, yep. he was like that typical anarchy, older brother, gang leader, uh, very outgoing, very rebelistic uh, youth um, who was like that. Um, to the point, like, uh, I'm spoilers here, um, he dies like halfway through the anime and oh. then his uh, quote unquote younger Episode brother. Eight. Uh, his quote unquote younger brother, who is just like uh, that's the thing about being. It's it's not like there uh, when someone refers to his anarchy as older brother. It's not like a biological older brother. It's like a uh, kind of like a spiritual older brother. Um, so it, so it's like they're family, but they're not blood family. They're different kind of still meaningful meaningful bond. Um, so Simon, who is the other protagonist um, sort of takes over that persona because when you first meet him, he's kind of like the wimpy, um, wimpy character that everything bad just keeps happening to him and he doesn't really want to do anything with it. But then there's like a switch when uh, Kamina dies and then he just has to take on that persona and then turns into that kind of character who's the like leader, anarchy style character. Um, which is really interesting. I, I like that because it's it, it's massive character development. Um, so a character who is different completely changes um, to the point where, like, even uh, like the main bad guy there, there keep keep on fighting um, doesn't know that Kamini dies, and so when Simon jumps out, he's like, "Oh, I thought you were your." It was your younger brother, or it was your older brother, who was I've been fighting this entire time, but it's been you this entire time. And he recalls back to that time where he thought he actually killed him, in which case he actually did kill him. Um, so, yeah, it, it's got a lot of story development about that one. And when I think about that type of character, I think of Gurren Logan and that, because that is like the best example of it, where it's like this crazy outgoing character. Um, that that kind of embodies with like the pointy anime glasses, the cape with the skull, uh, Gurren Logan logo on there, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Does that does that make you feel like you understand what I'm talking about? I understand. Okay. Yeah, I would understand more if right I watched, now. but yeah, I like I've it's it's on my watch list. It's it's really I'm good. You, way you behind. Watch. Because it's it's by Gynex and Gynex makes really good stuff. So it's it's got it's got some fan service. It's always going to have fan service. Love fan service. That's Gynex for you. But it's also got really interesting writing. Okay. Because they're uh, like the groups, the guys that were in Gynex, uh, they split off, did some other stuff. So they're same kind of guys are responsible for shows like Gurren Logan or um, Kill a Kill or Okay, Annie I've also stalking. So it's like it's these shows that are really kind of ridiculous and look when uh, very superficial when you first look at them, where mm -hmm. they're just kind of like boobs and stuff. But then you actually like watch it, and it's got like 
a very kind of deep story to it. So they, they're really good writers and they throw a lot of stuff into their writing, but then it's kind of off balance because there's also a lot of fan fiction or uh, fan service. So there's just boobs and scandally clad women. Cause well, they're, they're nice. Yeah. Like they are. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone loves boobs. Boobs are pretty, pretty, pretty swell. Pretty, pretty swell. Indeed. Pretty swell. Ba- baby's got it right. <laughs> they do. That is, that is, that is a fact. That is a very astute observation, sir. Yep. Yep. But yeah, no, I'll have to, I'll have to definitely get into that. Yeah. So yeah, like the, all their stuff, it's, it, it's kind of weird like that where it's, it's 50, 50. Um, it loses its credibility because of that. Cause people look at that fan server stuff and they're like, Oh, that's just, there's no content to that. It's just, that's what they see, but then you actually watch it and you get the story behind it, and it's just filled with very, very rich writing and uh, very thought out um, worlds and such. And so that's like that's another thing, like with Kill a Kill, which is an even worse example of that, <laughs> where it's just like it's people fighting about clothes, and like the less clothes you are, the very scantily clad clothes, are. yeah. Um, and and there being a whole group of people who are just naked all the time because they're fighting against clothes. It sounds it sounds stupid, but yeah. then you actually watch it and you get the gist of it, and it's like a big war. And it's also really good. It's it's odd like that. Uh, so they always have a good balance of that kind of stuff, and I always like watching their stuff like that. Um, so cool. That's so, my talk off of that. Sweet. I like so I guess that's the end, Robert. I mean, uh, Tawa. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a question for next week yet? Not yet. All right, we'll get. I think I'm gonna that. pull back my questions to something more simpler because this one's very, very hard to talk about. I guess indeed because we can see it from many different spots. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I guess we're moving on to my gaming table then, huh? Well, Rob Squared is still crying. Oh, okay. Oh, Let's- yeah. Probably. Grab some tissues and suck it up. It's, it's a very Gurren Long is a very emotional too. It gets oh, your heartstrings geez. and it, it, it's crazy like that. I, I just like bought it. a jar of Nutella. I'm ready. All right, let's move <laughs> on to the gaming table. I have no theme. Wow, 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 I don't have a theme. La 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 la. Anyway, that's as close as I've got for a theme this week. That's beautiful. That was the best theme you've come up with yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, the closest that I have is like. Wah, 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 wah. That's about it. Ah, sad trombone. Are you yeah. selling tickets to your concert slash tour anytime soon? No. But anyway, this week on the gaming table, we're going to be talking about virtual reality. And specifically ah. for this particular week, we're going to talk about it, headsets and kind of what's out there right now. Did and we'll know? and we'll kind of get into gaming a little bit, but I don't want to. I'll hold that on to till next week. Um, so this week, um, mostly what brought it up for me was, um, I was reading a small article about the HoloLens, which is the Microsoft's, um, headset. And I'm guessing everybody here has seen like the Minecraft demonstration for this thing. Yes. Minecraft for days. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Last E3 is is pretty elaborate. And I looked really, really cool. And interesting, but uh, it all depends on how that's all going to end up going. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. Um, but from there, they were talking about how, like, if you actually look at the pricing for, like, right now, there, there, um, sorry, the Microsoft Hololens is available right now, mm-hmm. but it's the development development edition. Is yeah. it kind of like Oculus Rift having kind their like developers edition? Where like, yeah. Yeah, it's essentially the same thing. The okay. developing, so they have it. They have it available for companies to buy, so that they can make stuff for it. Okay. And it's three thousand dollars. I'm a company. Yeah. I mean, do you guys want to chip in for my? Yeah, exactly. But here's <laughs> the thing: the reason why um, Microsoft has taken has been t- trying to take steps to prevent Hollands becoming like Connect. Yeah. Okay. Um, when Connect first came out, everybody was on a hype train. Everyone's like, "Oh, this is really cool!" In sixty days, they sold ten million units. It was gimmicky, though. That's kind of what it here's was. The, but here's the thing, though: the problem with the, the reason why it's considered a flop, even though they sold ten million copies of it when they first came out, how many things could use the damn thing? Not very. Uh, right now, more things. Not right now. I'm talking when it first came out. No, no. Uh, when it first came out, yeah. uh, compared to the HoloLens, there was more games for Kinect than there is for the HoloLens right now. Exactly. But and here's they both the th- first came out. Exactly. But when the, but the, one, when the Kinect first came out, there was maybe 12 things. No, 12 it was way more than 12 things. Like, but but you, of course you could use... There's like 12 uh, things for the like HoloLens. G- for the games, though. For games, though. Yeah, like, there no, wasn't there's a lot. Really 12 things. There was like 68 or something. Right, right on release? Yeah. It, they had a they had a huge chunk. Um, let me look it up. Uh, but in it, any case, though, there it, was like the same repetitive stuff. Like right on release day, there was maybe four to five things, and then and it slowly kind of increased. And now it's it's still technically considered a flop, like uh, from the original release. Yeah, even though the Connect did end up selling a ton of units and made a lot of money, it still is generally considered a flop just because. It was basically the same five games made by 40 different developers and published over and over and over again. Yeah, you can that, go into any yeah. GameStop in the U.S. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah like, you can go to uh, any GameStop. <laughs> sorry. Cutting people okay, off. sorry. But Tyler, that's exactly true. There may have been 60 games, but they were all the same thing over and over and over again. Wow, there's there's games. You just that's all uh, that's all you wanted to say is like how many games were out for it? There were a bunch of games sure. out for it. There's there's more games out for it right now than there or when it launched, then there are right now for the... Uh, All ones, yeah. But yeah. anyway, Robert, go ahead. So yeah, if you go to any GameStop in the United States, you can go and pick up a Kinect with all of the adapters for about 15 bucks these days. And, even and that's for the, the 360, Kinect, right? That's for the 360, yeah. The Kinect 2 or the Kinect for Xbox One, which is still being sold at $150 new, I was in my local GameStop uh, earlier this week, and no joke here, the $150 Connect. there was a used one for $35. And I just want to give that thing a real shout-out, because that one actually does work the way that the original one was promised to, and uh, it actually picks up black people. So, you know, that's good, too. Oh, my God. I know. I, I still, I'm still being driven nuts by this. I had... Uh, I'll admit, Out I was one of those trash guys. Just, like... Well, no, no, no. This is something that anybody that was following to connect initially knows about. I was, I was over at a friend's house who had bought the thing, and I'll say it: he's a very, he's a tall African American gentleman, and he had to go and dress himself in 
like oh, tan. Oh. He had to dress in like khakis and a white shirt for the thing to pick him up. No. Like his head did not register on the original Connect. Man, that Connect is mighty racist. It really was. There were so many memes about that when that thing first came out. Because they're like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. This works really well. And then Just all of my it. black friends were like, yeah, yeah, it works great. Just There's great. nothing that's possibly wrong with this at all. But yeah, going yeah. back to the HoloLens, though. Um, more games for the kind like because it, it's it's a combination of it's not really it, it's a combination of augmented reality mm -hmm. and virtual reality, which I think it's going to be interesting. Like what they're trying to do is that they're trying to hold back until there's lots and lots of product for it that okay. are different. Like they've hold, like the only thing available right now is the three hundred dollar product, is the three thousand uh, dollar developer kit. That's yeah. it. Like. And and what the way I'm looking at this article, it says, "Cool, I bought a three thousand dollar product that I can do twelve with twelve things with, and now it's just going to sit here and click dust." Yeah, well, that's the thing is, it's new. Yeah, uh, it's, like nobody. You got to get the new adopters because, like, if there if there aren't people to have the thing, so that you can make things for them to have the thing for, then yeah. there's no point making the things for the thing that people don't have because there's just no money in that. So you basically. Okay. It's also $3,000. But that's also yeah. why it's a developer's kit, because yeah, if you're cool. going to develop like, apps and stuff for it, you're oh, going yeah. to gain that money back. Oh, exactly. But the same so, thing, though, is that there, until they it. release like a consumer product of the version yeah. of it, there's not really a point of them. Like They're going to have to just develop well, Cole, it. you're not a developer. That's, oh, I know There that. is no point for you to have it. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying just, that. It I'm sounds saying, like you're saying that. No, I'm saying they're not going to develop like the consumer product until they have something for it, which makes perfect sense to me. Well, you sound like it's not making a lot of sense. To it's you, making though. perfect sense to me. I'm not. I'm not saying that I that I disagree with them. I'm saying that it's like it makes perfect sense that they like that they wait and and I I don't know how you're getting that the opposite picture from me, but that's not what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> is anyone else getting yeah. the opposite picture from Cole? And I'm not saying that I'm like I'm not mad that it was like oh there's no freaking there's no. There's no consumer kit. It's like if you bought, a, like if I was to say, it was like, oh, I have three thousand dollars. I'm going to spend it on this Holland. There's going to be twelve things for me to do with the dang thing, yeah. and there's not going to be any games for it. There's no, like, sure, I can browse the internet with it. I can, I can maybe the Minecraft thing Ooh. might work. Like, like cool. It, it's awesome. But you I'm just watch saying, porn on it, or watch porn <laughs> and nobody will who can see me watch it. Like, sure, whatever. But I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. That they was like, okay, I'd rather them wait until they have like. 30 to 40 or 50 things like that you can do with it. And it was like, Oh, I have a choice of what I want to do with this thing. It's like, sure, this works perfect. But, um, and, uh, and it makes perfect sense for that. It was like, what are you like? And of course everybody has seen this thing. It was like, Oh, it looks really cool from their, their demos and stuff like that. But then again, you also have to look at what also is available here. It's like, that's, it's one of the first kind of things that blends the virtual reality and the augmented reality type thing. Well, it is. Uh, that's what augmented reality is: is blending of actual reality and virtual reality to make augmented reality. Yeah. So it is augmented reality because you're looking at virtual things on actual stuff. Yeah, so but it's if you augmenting look, reality. Yeah. Uh, so that's what that's what uh, the Hololens is: is it's augmented reality. But if you look uh, at something like the Oculus, for example, that's um, virtual reality. That's you're just basically looking pure virtual at a reality. Screen. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. looking at a screen that's right up in front in front of you. And but if you look at if you actually type in virtual reality into Google, and it talks and just look at stuff that was like, 
and just like, like and how many freaking things there are for this stuff like there's one for let's see i'm just gonna go through them really really quick here um sony playstation has one that's that they're trying out the htc yep. vive they have one for that they have one from samsung there's the microsoft hololens which is still in development um they have faux vr they have zs vr they have avogent glyph i think is how you pronounce it they have the one for razor that's coming out oh razor's uh, coming out yeah razor's uh, razor's coming with the os vr um, of course, Google jumped on with Google Cardboard. Uh, yeah, they had that for a while, though. Cardboard. Yeah, um, I have it, one of those. It's, yeah. it works pretty pretty nifty. Like, yeah. and then of course there's and then there's the one that I've never heard of before. It's called the FreeFly VR. FreeFly. Yeah, sounds it's, familiar. It's seventy nine bucks apparently, and it's hmm. com- and it's compatible with two hundred plus Google Cardboard apps. Oh, okay. No, yeah, that's the same thing as Google Cardboard because Google Cardboard. There is just a uh, bunch of them. That's why. That's what that was uh, marketed as as being uh, something simple that you can. Fu- yeah, it's like. cheap because like that's the whole concept of it is it's made out of cardboard, so it's it's 20, not it's 30 expensive. Bucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then there's like some that use the same program, but they got more elaborate ones that are like made out of plastic or. Um, so that's what all like the Samsung ones kind of like that too, um, but the Samsung's its own like proprietary. Uh, app as well, I believe. Yeah. Um, but that's all that mobile one. So, like, there's a Google Cardboard, all that. Um, you've got the Oculus Rift, which was like the uh, big namesake one that was around. Um, you got the PlayStation One. Um, what are they calling it now? Just PlayStation VR? Uh, let me pull yeah, up. Yeah, PlayStation uh, VR is the official title of it, at least for the moment. Yeah, uh, VR. Because they were they were calling it Morpheus before or something. Yeah, yeah. Project, yeah. Morpheus. Project, Project Morpheus. Yeah, that's that that's the code really name. Cool. It's been officially yeah, relabeled as PlayStation VR. Yeah, that's okay. Dumb. Yeah, but yeah, um, the going from that though is like jumping from that though. Does anybody like? Of course, there's Oculus has been around for a long, long time. It's been around for several years now, and people are several years. Yeah, like it's been well, a, like since the original Kickstarter, like v- uh, like version one. Like it's been yeah, a couple but, of years since then. Yeah. And yeah, I mean it's finally it hasn't getting been a real several, consumer but it's been release. like three. Yeah, it's plus, been about three, yeah. four years yeah. now. Sorry, I yeah, because I've remember, yeah, yeah, I've gotten a chance to actually use it at uh, PAX Prime, now retitled PAX West, yeah, uh, for a been? couple of years now. It's really interesting. The first generation version, I actually got a chance to go and mess around with, and I will be honest, that was everything that killed vr back in the late 80s early 90s it was very much nausea inducing um the idea was really cool behind it and i loved the gyroscopic interface they were using it felt very natural the problem was the way the lens system was set up it just just didn't didn't process the eyes well what was really cool though versions two and then the final production version i got to play with last year at pax which is now finally hitting uh well, it's going to start going and showing up at retail locations. That one they got very smart with because they realized part of the problem was um, the way that we look at our screens. You're starting to notice things like uh, gamma ray glasses where you can go and get prescription glasses that have uh, ultraviolet light treatments that don't mess with your eyes the same way when you're looking at, say, a computer screen or your phone where you're encouraged to go and blink more naturally because your eyes aren't uh, processing it like you're looking at something different than what it actually is. Mm-hmm. So the yeah, new lenses well, they have like in the... there, that was... 
Yeah, the, the new lenses. That was yeah, exactly. That was yeah. The gunner is another big one. Yeah. Just going and having that kind of treatment on the lenses, which is what they told me was the biggest difference between the first generation version and the second generation version that I got to mess around with. That was the single biggest issue they ran into. It's not that the technology itself for the actual VR components had changed. It was the way that our eyes are processing it has changed because of these new lenses they're putting in. So it's actually a multi-sequenced array now. So I actually am seeing through it the way that I normally would just looking out at, say, the horizon. Okay. But yeah, it's just one of those things is like, and of course, it's been getting more and more popular, especially now that the Oculus is in consumer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and of course, everybody else and God knows, and every big company has jumped on it as well. Especially, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But from that, though, um, kind of just jumping into kind of a little bit into gaming. It was like, like of course, everybody was like, everybody knows Star uh, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, the hol- like the hol- the not the holodeck. The holodeck. The holodeck. holodeck. Yeah, the holodeck. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is the first step towards the holodeck. And I was like, Dude, I'd love a fucking holodeck. I would love a holodeck. Um, okay, so but hold I'm on, gonna... hold on. And then of course, there's the other stuff that's getting on. Is like the for motion tracking, like like the, there's the weapons that you hold that you kind of with walk with, and you can point and shoot them. And then there's the track paths that you can walk on and stuff like that. It's just the combination of all these different things. Is like, what are you guys' opinion of like this whole virtual reality thing? Let's start okay. with Robert. Go. Oh, oh, okay. okay. I was going to say. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It was like, oh, sorry, uh, Tyler, go ahead. Okay. I wanted to point out the fact that each one of these is kind of having its uh, shooting towards its own kind of way, uh, play style, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Oculus Rift, from everything I've seen of it, it looks like you're getting that kind of virtual. But the way you play the games is it'd be more comfortable for the kind of games you play to be sitting down with a controller and you just have like this kind of 360 TV on your head um, where something like the uh, uh, Vive, which is powered by uh, HTC and like backed by Steam, seems like everything they've produced for it is very uh, being up and around and doing things Um and so that's the way, because that one's got like the other cameras that are looking upon you where the Oculus, when it first they're trying to do with it, is basically you just sit there and you kind of move around, but you don't really do a whole lot of moving. And then you've got your HoloLens, which is the closest to the uh, HoloDeck, where it is taking your actual reality and then superimposing images upon the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so you basically go with your day-to-day. That's closer to like the Google... Uh, Google Glass, where you're doing Which your is now gone. Stuff. By the way, yeah. Which they might be bringing back though. They're, no, they're no, they've talked it, about bringing it back. Uh, a um, new ver- version of it because the first one it just didn't work the way they wanted it. But to. that yeah. version, like everything that was related to Google, the original Google Glass is gone. Like well, they're, 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 they're clearly Twitter's not gone. the name, Cole. If they're going to keep using the name, like no, but everything that was done with that original thing is now gone. Yeah, n- nothing's ever really gone. Yeah, uh, but that's that's the one that feels most like the hollow deck because it's going to be taking everything you're doing in your regular life. Like because that's what their video was is you're not looking at a screen, uh, you're not touching things around it like that with a like HTC. You're looking at a screen, but you've got controllers and it's looking around at that stuff. Uh, with Oculus, you're basically 
the games are best is sitting down playing a controller and you just have like a 360 TV on your head where the HoloLens is you didn't have a screen you're looking at. You're basically looking at a table and then it put Minecraft on the table for you. Um, so that's kind of how I look at it is that each one's doing the VR thing, but they're doing it. They're pointing it in a different direction of like what they're trying to go for. So if you want uh, like a 360 TV and you just you want to sit down and console game, but with a that big TV, go for like a Oculus Rift because that's kind of what it's going to be do the best for. If you want something really expensive that's uh, cutting edge like the uh, uh, Hololens, then go for that one because that's going to be really gimmicky mm. and it's going to be impressive if they can make that stick or not. Like. Yeah. Uh, and then, like the the middleman, which is like if you're a PC gamer and actually have room to do stuff and move around, then go for that HTC uh, like Steam powered one because it's. I feel like that one's going to get the most content for it because it's Steam who's like backing it, and they've just got tons of games and they've already got a platform area to put games on. So. Mm-hmm. Like right now, they've got the actually like the least amount of games I think out of all of them is like there's only a mm-hmm. couple of games out for the uh, um, for the Vive, but I feel like in the future they're going to come out with tons more just because they're backed by Steam, yeah, or, uh, Valve I should say. I keep saying Steam, but it's actually Valve. Yeah. Dude, I could work for Valve. <laughs> like I could, I could happily work for Valve if they're. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll send in my resume tomorrow morning. Oh, there you go. <laughs> go get on the vibe and stuff. Yeah, right. Go work. Go work that. Uh, go work that Half Life Three. Dude, hell yeah. Okay, well then, uh, I guess back to Rob. You had some opinions or Ebbs. Mm-hmm. Either or. I mean. Okay, you both mm-hmm. talk at the same time. I, I'm kind of curious. You both did. Ahead. Okay, Ebbs, yeah. you go first. <laughs> okay, because my 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 thing is just really quick. I what I would personally love 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 to see is I something like a mixture of VR and kind of like the Danger Room from X Men. Because <laughs> <laughs> like okay, but you do have to realize I get really bored just working out normally. I feel like if I could actually do shit like in even if it's way simpler versions of it like in uh, uncharted or tomb raider or any like adventure platformer type thing i'd get fit real quick just saying because and i'd also be playing a game but yeah yeah that that was the whole concept behind people just getting treadmills and playing video games while they're on the treadmill see i tried that i stopped walking Ooh! <laughs> I stand there. I'm like, no, it's fine. Sorry about it. I put my legs on either side of the like non-moving treadmill area, the not the conveyor belt. I'm like, okay, we're playing now. This is good. Yeah, I don't know how you you, you lose uh, you lose your concentration quite a bit because you're concentrated on walking and be like, oh no, I'm in a fight scene, and I just I'd probably stand and then on the you side, just fall yeah. flat on your face. Not that or you I walk don't. off your treadmill. Because yeah. break the and break said uh break everything. Yeah, break everything. Yourself, the game console, somehow the treadmill. But no, I'd love to see something like, more like that. I'd probably be more open to getting the vibe than anything else, honestly. Cool. Uh, um 
only because I think it's really cool that, like, if they can pull it off and everything, like, the whole motion sensors and everything like that, where if you crouch, you crouch in the game mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. shooters and stuff. So. It'll take time, unfortunately. But... Oh, hell yeah. No, that's like... All right. Um, and Robert, we'll finish up with you. All right. So uh, um, I'm going to be that jackass that uh, overanalyzes everything. <laughs> so sorry. Sure. You, got, you got a chance to escape right now. Um, okay, bye. So here's the thing. Just because VR is something that has fascinated me basically my entire life. And when I first got a chance to actually experience Oculus a couple of years ago, I definitely saw the promise. But like I said, it had its issues. And as soon as I got to version two, I got a chance to experience that in this flight simulator design they had. Suddenly everything made sense. And talking to the developers, any one of these, with the exception of the HoloLens, that's really skipping a generation. And I think that's the reason why it probably will be the last one to come out for a consumer model. The HoloLens is the end point. It's where everybody is trying to go towards. Because Oculus, talking to the developers... The VR technology was there already. It was just a matter of finding a way to make it work for people. But the end game is to be able to create a system where, number one, the actual visor will basically be the size of a regular uh, pair of glasses, something you can walk around with and just be able to hit a button. And you can go from having a closed-off simulated world or be able to hit a button and switch back to real life or add augmented cues to it. That's what the eventual game plan is. That's on what they see as being the future. And it's on what Google Glass really, I think, was trying to do as well. Was trying to skip that generation, but didn't work due too well. Well, that's just it. And I think part of the problem with Google Glass, because a lot of people are forgetting about this, but both Microsoft and Sony have both shown off Google Glass-style glasses that do have uh, built-in screen prompts and app support that run within them. They've all shown off different ideas like that, but none of them have really been ready for release to the consumer market. I think part of the reason why they pulled off of the Google Glass format was that they tried to do everything off of that one uh, little screen on one eye. And it was, from everything I've read, not easy to work with. And even though a lot of the stuff could be just adjusted with apps, the reality is it wasn't a natural experience for people. And that's what all of these guys are trying to do. Didn't help that it looked stupid as fuck. Oh, it really did, too. I, I think they were trying to go for something Star Trek-esque, but uh, it wasn't what people were looking for. This is the start of all of that. So I'm just going to ignore the HoloLens because it's years away in development. I don't think anybody's really expecting that to come out anytime soon. And I hope that Microsoft doesn't get the idea that they can just go and release it without a lot of product support because they will set this whole idea back at least a decade if they do. I'm just saying that right now. But All right. Here's the... Yeah. Because it's oh. a really great idea, but it needs a lot of time to develop itself. And that's part of the issue. And part of this as well is figuring out how people are going to utilize this. Like, I think the HTC Vive probably is the most solid concept out of all of these different formats between Oculus and PlayStation VR and that. The problem I see, though, is the issue that I have with a lot of this stuff. When they try to reinvent PC gaming, does it ever catch on? Because they've tried things like PC-styled uh, controllers or for first-person shooters, mechanical arm systems, 
that are supposed to go and track more like a natural gun motion rather than moving around a mouse. And most of that stuff just never catches on. The thing I worry about here, I think it'll have the most number of games that'll come out on Mm -hmm. it. But I wonder whether or not people are really going to jump into it. And like Oculus, even though it's got a long line of games that are coming out for it, and we kind of talk about it like it's a gaming concept, Oculus is being used and licensed uh, for a whole bunch of different purposes, including uh, medical uh, device development. There's a lot of brilliant things going on here. So, yeah, I really think I think the Oculus is going to guarantee itself to be a long contender. The vibe I worry about, the one I think is going to be really curious to see for the gaming perspective, is what happens with PlayStation VR because it's. The one that I think a lot of people are kind of overlooking right now, because we know the really the least about it. We know a bunch of games that are coming out for it, and we know about its different interface styles. But at the same time, it may also be the most open to the mix of gamer types. Uh, going and seeing things like Until Dawn, Dude, they're yes. coming out with a VR-exclusive version of it called uh, Rush of Blood. Uh it's a really smart idea with that one because it's taking survival horror really to heart with the way that's being designed. Even things like uh, they've got Gran Turismo Sport that's coming out, which is going to incorporate the more traditional controller play, but you'll have the ability to go and look like you're actually driving a car. The one complaint I have about a lot of driving simulator games, it never feels like I'm naturally driving something in the process. That just seems like the right way to do something like this. I do wonder if PlayStation VR, just because of accessibility, and Sony's kind of nature to promote very heavily new ideas, whether they work or not, they're very good at promoting new ideas. If that one really catches on, even if the Vive isn't initially a big success, which, once again, I think is my biggest concern, this really could solidify that VR gaming and eventually lead to what I think the HoloLens wants to be. Um, And this is something I know just because... I work so close to the Microsoft campus. I've actually talked to some people that have been involved in uh, marketing for third-party app support. Just things like being able to go and wear this headset and be able to go and have this We Fit Trainer-esque digital person in the room with you giving advice how you're supposed to be exercising, just giving you something that feels more like a one-on-one sort of person uh, or personal interaction while you're trying to do something. Kind of like a personal trainer for games. Exactly. It's that kind of concept. And think about what that could go and apply into. Because any one of these is going to evolve. We know that's going to happen. Robert, kind of like a tutorial. A (laughs) tutorial. I am face palming so hard right now. <laughs> you have no idea. Good. But, yeah, the HoloLens, I think, is the most exciting idea. But at the same time, I don't know. I don't want to draw a lot of attention to it because I think a lot of people, when they first saw it at E3, thought, oh, my God, this is such a great idea. And then instantly came to this realization of, oh, well, they don't have any expected release date. This is such a new and revolutionary concept. And I don't know if it's ever going to come out. We need to go and make sure, as gamers especially, that we do make at least one of these formats a success in gaming, whether it be Oculus, whether it be PlayStation VR, or whether it be the Vive. 
if those formats don't manage to solidify themselves as at least a niche in gaming, HoloLens might never come out the way that we really want it to. I do believe eventually augmented reality will be the way of the future, but it's a question of does it happen in the next 10 years or is this something that happens in the next 30 years? So, yeah. Yeah, sorry to overanalyze, but that's uh, that's the way I've been looking at this. Time is a big thing because you never know what's going to stick or what's just going to fall by the wayside. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I got to say. Anybody, uh, anybody got anything else to add? I don't think so. Let's all get the vibe. Alrighty. <laughs> well, anyways, I think that's where we should wrap it up there. Thank you for joining us and once again, Ebs. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Of course. Yeah. Fun. And we'll hope to see you again at some point in the future. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll, of course, see you in three weeks when we see you at yeah. SoccerCon. Yeah, you will. Uh, yeah. any, in any case, though, <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us this week again on We Are Doomed, a Soccer Rangers podcast. If you would like, we are on iTunes if you were watching this on YouTube. And if you're watching this on iTunes, we are on YouTube at Soccer Rangers. Um. And I believe we don't have a and we do have book. a SoundCloud as well at some point, but we don't have that up yet. Uh, yeah, Robert, yeah, for, the, for the yeah, I'm, I'm working on that right now. For the three Android uh, users that have been complaining about it, we uh, we have one for you. Ah. Yeah, we'll be getting to that as soon as possible. Um, going from there, um, if you are on iTunes, it would be lovely if you could leave us a five star review and. Tell us what you think of the show and hope and what we can what do you think we could uh, we could talk about if you would like to talk about us next time we will um, eh, just add any of us and we'll be more than happy to answer anything on the podcast if you have any questions as well um, yeah definitely um, take care everyone we hope to see you next time when uh, we come back and talk about more gaming nerdy and con related stuff. Uh, take care have a lovely evening or day or whatever it is you are time you are listening to this and we will see you next time on we are doomed take care bye bye play us out music people <laughs>